RT Sports Person of the Year award this, this century. We had this last week. Huh? This I'm is null and void. That's the crappiest crappy quiz. OTB AM. Live. Weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Adrian here and on over there. What's the crack? Good morning, on. Good morning. I that I feel sad. Why uttering those words? Because unless we get somebody else called on to replace you, that's the last time I've saying that for quite some time. Ah, you wouldn't know. You could easily. There's tons of phones. It'll never be the same. We're 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 desperately sad. You have another couple of days to go, and I know you played everything down, and uh, you're also desperately hungover. So uh, I'm not desperately hungover. I said to you last night. Listen, I'm on the dry here, so you know, feel free. Plan A is obviously you're in for the start of the show. Yeah. Plan B, we'll see you at some point during the show. Plan C, you better be here for the for the crappy quiz. Good psychology, because I took that as a personal insult. Did that you really? That you even suggest that there, we would have to revert it to plan B or plan C. So I was like, no, screw you. And as soon as you left, I got in a taxi myself and I was like, I'm getting out of here. You didn't. Up early in the morning. Definitely not as soon as I left. Um, I'm just on the bottles, you said. Scran, I'm only on the bottles. Yeah, and I'm going to have me, about Look at me now. Yeah. He's laughing now. <laughs> uh, to be fair, you're remarkably fresh um, for a man who was out until three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I, I wish. We were uh, going away drinks last night. Well, very well hosted by uh, Hugh in the Boar's Head. Yes. No better place. Well. Um, like, it wasn't even a consideration as to where we would go. I hadn't appreciated that you are you are up there on the wall with Shane Lowry and Paul Carrington and the Dublin footballers and the Kerry footballers as a friend of the Boar's Head. Uh, I'm not, but hopefully one day. Uh, that's that's the ambition. That's like that's a uh, Irish societal version of the Hollywood star, really, isn't it? Do you have your picture up on the wall of the the Boar's Head? So hopefully one day. Still no uh, 2022 Kerry All Ireland pictures up on the wall just yet. I'm sure they're being printed and framed. <laughs> Somebody's etching out uh, a, a lovely, expensive frame for them. So um, hopefully, hopefully when I come back, they'll they'll be up because they deserve to be plastered everywhere over that wall. Um, and if they're not, uh, that's a nice gentle reminder as well. And I'm sure everybody's aware at this point, but no one's leaving us next week. If you have a couple of, couple of more days to go. Um, I'm always sort of likely to encourage people to, to send in their, you know, Owen's best bits or just general wishes. I know how you love that stuff. General wishes of yeah. good luck. See, the thing is, like, at least with Jerry, he would like get tired of doing this. But then there's like a new <laughs> no, presenter that comes exactly. in and there's like a, a, bit fresh, of freshness to a it. fresh impetus to Like, it's obviously that like, works on a, on a week to week sense because, you know, I've got a fresh hot take on Manchester United. Coming very soon, everyone, by the way, <laughs> this morning, which is, which is good for the listener. Yeah, but then there is obviously the very uh, tiresome nature of it all where a very tiresome subject is now going to become even hammered into the ground more by Adrian with whatever. Hey, got that's, just, that's a regular Friday Friday crack. I did say to you last night that I have never known anybody in my uh, entire the entirety of my life to we're not great at taking compliments anyway, right? I don't know is that a uniquely Irish thing or is it just a human trait that we're not amazing at like well done on that thing or but I've never known anybody to be like yeah 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 okay grand let's just get past that thing and uh, move on to some sort of a situation where I can flagellate myself. Uh, I'm just a very awkward person, I think. Um, well, I wouldn't agree I, with that in the slightest. I just, yeah, I, I don't think um, I'm comfortable in any situation. Just before we leave last night, it was was there a moment where you were looking around the room going, how have how have I come to this in life? Oh, how do you mean? The the amalgam of yeah, tell, groups tell that were there. Tell everybody at home who so there was there. The, it was it was, a, it was was it an off the ball? It was a kind of an off the ballish yeah. going away. So do. What, what happened was that the what, what happened? There was supposed to be a surprise for me last night, which was completely botched. Right. So what what was due to happen was I was due to meet uh, people from the Kerry Mafia on Wednesday uh, as uh, as a good luck, and then work 
last night mm. and then I think Jer and one of the members of the Kerry Mafia went into concert Barry Lennon uh, exactly um, and tried to organise uh, to try and join them together and do it on, on a surprise level yeah. and what they obviously should have done was that everybody from work should have shown up on the Wednesday night to the Kerry Mafia drinks yeah. and that would have worked however they didn't they weren't very smart about it so they said how about let's bring the Kerry Mafia to the off the ball drinks on the Thursday the problem was I, w- I, w- I was booked in to do something on the Wednesday with the Kerry Mafia so they then had to say well would, would Thursday suit you instead of Wednesday and I was like no well I've got work drinks okay, okay so okay. he was like well, so, I'm just going to have to fess up here this is what we're planning to do so yeah because I do think I know I know what you're saying and uh, and appreciate the, the point you're making but like I do think your work colleagues turning up to your bash with your mates you'd have been like oh hey oh, that was a great surprise um I just wanted to spend one last night with my mates, but I mean, thanks to all these assholes that I just I have to put up with for turning up. Thanks, million. Again, to earlier point, I, I, there would be no situation in which I wouldn't be uncomfortable. So, so y- perfect. You, you, were, you were looking around the room. Your off the ball colleagues were here. The Kerry Mafia were here. It was an interesting sort of um, dynamic watching everybody sort of mingle last night. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, oh, I'm the, you're that. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. And then over here, this other group of people just wandered in. Yeah, to celebrate your. You're leaving of of off the ball, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the um, RT um, autumn winter launch was obviously yesterday, and then there was a no no no. A few, That's a few, not what a, happened. A, a few people obviously were were congregating. And Shane Dowling place. came in to yeah. wish you the best of luck. Johnny Smacks from the two Johnnies yeah. came in to say, "Listen, you've been an absolute delight to listen to, and watch, and, and engage with over the last few years. We're going to miss you." And Shay Gavin turned up. Yeah. Like one of the greatest Irish sports people of all time. Oh, he is, yeah. Just rocks in. <laughs> Owen, couldn't, couldn't let you away. I've flown over from England specifically. Couldn't let you away without saying, listen, well done. Really enjoy your football analysis. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Good luck. That, that's incredible. Incredible. Exactly. Yeah. Ab- absolutely brilliant. So it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. Absolutely brilliant. It was. Not to be, it, it was, to be fair. It was, it was very sound of them to, to pop in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I mean, they definitely weren't there for another reason. And uh, no. you didn't, like, uh, strong arm and strong arm them into coming upstairs. But, um, you know, you take, you take what you get in a moment like this. Uh, fair play to you. You haven't George bushed it yet in the sense of like putting the feet up and just sort of taking it easy with the end, the finish line in sight and just you're, you're, at least you're turning up. You're here and we'll see what happens over the next few hours. But you're, you're here. Um, what, so, so Wednesday departure, is that, that, uh, just before we leave that yeah. topic? Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday departure. departure. And, um, the gap. I was thinking like, John, have you seen that Beckham documentary? Uh, 2014 we retired from football and himself and his mates pack their bags and they go off to Brazil oh yeah and they do a bit of a tour and they film the whole thing and it's like you know a celebration at the end of his of his career as a footballer and mm. like the anonymity of travelling around Brazil nobody's going to know who I am yeah. and obviously David Beckham turns up in Brazil and everyone's like oh hey David Beckham <laughs> and he's like oh crap alright there's no anonymity to be had here I presume it'll be a similar buzz for yourself that you'll be There'll be plenty of recognition, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that's the whole thing. That's probably just going to be the biggest challenge: is how I deal with the unparalleled fame that I've obviously. I'm not just that guy. Exactly, trying to separate the art from the artist is probably going to be the biggest challenge for me over these next few years. (laughs) You are full of shit, and we are going to miss that uh, big time. Um, So anyway, look, we've loads to get to. Um, Another, like, obviously, big surprise to you um, would be that we've a couple of people that have sent in. They wanted to get in touch with us to say, listen, uh, you know, much the same tone of stuff that we've been talking about before. We have a few uh, people lined up that have uh, dropped in videos for us and, um, you know, wanted to give you their 
They're best, essentially. I think we can uh, we can take one of those now. We've David Brady standing by. We've Alan Quinlan standing by. Quinny, what have you Better. got for us? Hi, Owen. Quinny here. Uh, just a quick message to, to wish you the best of luck on your travels. Uh, you're finishing up pretty soon, I believe, and uh, from off the ball. Um, it was a great pleasure to be play a small part in, in uh, your trajectory in your career in the last number of years. Uh, you were top class in everything you did. So um, it's very exciting that you're you're heading off to South America and your travels and moving around a bit. Um, something I wish I did when I was younger myself, but um, obviously I could never do that because uh, it was continuous year after year with the rugby. Um, I was hoping to do it when I retired, but again, wasn't able to. But um, it's a great opportunity for you, so I'm sure you'll enjoy it embrace it and uh, meet new people and see new parts of the world but um, again I genuinely mean it it was a pleasure to uh, be on Off The Ball which uh, you always made it easy to to chat to and uh, you were top class at your job so um, I wish you the very very best um, hopefully you will be back and we'll be chatting again in the not too distant future um, I'm sure you'll do a few reports from South America anyway when you get there uh, back to back to studio. So, listen. The very very best of luck and uh, take care. Have fun. Enjoy every moment of it and uh, catch you soon. See you, buddy. What a legend! You're lovely, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's class. Thanks, Quinny. Um, absolute gentle work, but obviously, I don't think that I don't think anybody at home would be surprised to hear that. Um, yeah, that's ah, lovely stuff. Like, yeah. I just love these. I just love these. I'm sure you do. You're you're an, an Emma Fair player. Where she's got you on screen there as well as they're playing. It's yeah. That's what we need. That's big what we need, big yeah. surprise now. David Brady, I think, is going to drop in and uh, give us his own farewell. Try not to cry. Try not. To <laughs> One, two, three. All DB here. How's things, buddy? I hope you're keeping well. Um, devastated to hear the news. You're leaving the OTB Towers. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and honour. Uh, to work with you, uh, listen to you, and get to know you, more importantly, over the last few years. Uh, the very best wish uh, for a safe journey over the next 12 months. Uh, you've been on some journey over the last couple of years, and this is no doubt will be another one. But look forward to, forward to seeing you back and uh, off the ball in the, next, uh, in the next 12 to 24 months. Take care of yourself, buddy, and uh, carry a boo. Thought I'd never say it. <laughs> Again, another fellow that's just been uh, absolutely brilliant to deal with down through the years. Like when um, I put together that Mayo Meat documentary on, on the 96 Brawl, DB was just an unbelievable help in all of that. Just like so, uh, just brilliantly eager to help out in any way possible when, when, you, when you needed him. And not necessarily even just on the on-air side of things, just to, not necessarily just to do the, the interview, which is brilliant in itself, but essentially... Uh, co-producing it in a way like putting me in touch with certain people and uh, and helping me out logistically so yeah the two boys David and, and, and Alan absolute lovely people to, to work with in classic uh, Shane fashion of course you're deflecting from the the, uh, the point of no. hand here uh, you'll be missed Owen says Rick Jagger is misspelling your name uh, no more morning eye candy I mean that that fair is a big thing, right? Show, yeah, like I mean that's the first time that's been mentioned over the last week, so that's a, it's. I'm surprised we've had to wait this long. It's another uh, another box. Oh, but just don't, another, don't just judge me on my on my body. You know, no, exactly. I've got a good personality as well. <laughs> I don't think we're talking about your body. I think it was just your your looks. Uh, that's lovely, fair play, lads. Best of luck, Owen says Michael. Um, and yeah, 
Thank you very there'll much. Be, there'll be more of that, hopefully. Yeah, we'll bring, good, bring uh, good, yeah, good, that's good, great. Good 11 minutes yeah, good, dedicated good. to that. So you'd mentioned that we were going to pick over um, the Liverpool United games. That, that, uh, that's part of the plan here. Yes, absolutely. Well, like, I mean, this is what we do. We arrive on a we arrive on a Friday. And <laughs> Normally, there's, there's stuff going on, though. To be fair, isn't there? There, there is. Like, there, well, kind some, of. something like even if we come in with like we might have the previous day said, oh, we might talk about that thing. We might talk. There's just there's not very much going on at the minute. Like to be fair, it, it is it is quite enough um, period in a traditional sense. Like I mean, it's there's obviously like new storylines that we wouldn't be overly familiar with in August. Like some obviously some big club GA storylines. We wouldn't very we wouldn't be well used to. Um, the Ireland women's rugby team having a, 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 a series going on in August so I guess maybe assuming the GEA calendar stays the way it is we'll probably just get used to uh, a new August and a new September mm-hmm. over the next few years obviously the Premier League is, is uh, and, all conquering and League of Ireland clubs in Europe on of course Shamrock Grover's big win last night that'll that's uh, nothing new thankfully over the last few years no it isn't to be fair and August have, um, have been kind of full of that sort of stuff so uh, the, uh, we had the, obviously the Champions League draw yesterday Europa League and then for the uh, Irish angle then the Conference League yet to come so that's going to be something to follow over the next little while as well I think part of the difficulty with the follow to the Liverpool United thing is that like we just tend to get so carried away with into the extremes of recency bias so everybody leaves the game last weekend and it's like oh Liverpool are absolutely screwed they're so leggy in midfield um, this, uh, people have you know figured out how to play against them. Trent Alexander-Arnold can't, can't defend anymore like I don't know how much new necessarily we learned about Liverpool last night uh, last week they might be they might be a team that others have begun to figure out and and uh, maybe not figure out so much because to be fair it wasn't a great surprise as to how Liverpool played over the last couple of years but that maybe they're now in a better position to get the better of them but how much we read into what happened last weekend um, last Monday night will be will be nobody can tell tell that at the minute that's the thing and like is it a, you know from the United side is a flash in the pan you know like Ten Hag comes out and he's like bearing his chest after the game and it's like he's dishing out loads of language and there's a great excitement about it and like by the way like whatever awards are gone in the TV industry just fling them all at last Monday night's um, Sky Show <laughs> what an unbelievable production start to finish I've, I you enjoyed remember it? being so entertained it was really? brilliant you just like I don't know certainly in my house like it's on in the background and you're sort of coming and going you're coming and going if something something's happening you're sort of standing and maybe you might have a bit of a watch to see what's going on but I was glued to it like uh, start to finish to up to whatever it was 11 o'clock um, absolutely brilliant production obviously a lot of it was centred around our boy um, Roy yeah but um, no just, you could just send her around worse people uh, yeah no for sure but um, yeah I just thought on, on the on the game itself like you know uh, Eric Ten Hag is this genius who's discovered like and by the way like it was let's let's give Ralph Ragnick his, his credit and all of this as well like if the auditor hadn't have been in the dugout last year for an entire season sat front and centre he never would have known that dropping um, Maguire and Ronaldo was the, was the way to fix all this stuff how could he have possibly known these things I, I suspect you still have your bee in your bonnet it's, about Ralph well, we should never forget I mean it just it doesn't come up I didn't hear any of the people that you were speaking to outside the ground last night using it as like what would be one of the most obvious giant sticks to beat the club with like a, a, a bad business decision in, in my view to be fair, you go back a week and I think Ranick's stock was actually higher than it was at the start of the season because some reports had come out obviously in the off-season that Eric Ten Hag had the opportunity to meet Rangnick and I guess take on board his learnings and his auditing as, as you put it and he, he declined that opportunity yeah. in the off-season so there was a, a take out there that given their poor start to the season that maybe Ten Hag 
could have at least given Rangnick the time of day and I guess uh, he was right been forewarned I, he was but look sorry I don't know was he right we'll we'll see in the grand sort of scope of time but I don't know what, what Rav Rangnick could have said to Eric Ten Hag that like he wouldn't have known before he ever arrived at the club but that but that wasn't could be no again, harm to have the chat but like I no, but, I but, but, but also that wasn't like this isn't a brand new thing yeah. like in the middle of last year I was making this point what the hell is this guy doing on the sideline like the biggest case for him was always look we don't want to go down that track but it was just I don't know I found the whole thing infuriating but but I suppose the point about that is that was it a kick because they were playing Liverpool was it a kick because like Fernandez suddenly got the armband and he's like I got to go out and I got to show this thing and does and Ronaldo isn't on the team and Maguire isn't there like just looking at him brings down the whole tone of a of a of an atmosphere he's always got that sort of hangdog you know I've just been caught my hand in the jar job so like is that all stuff that just happens now for that game last Monday night and then you know um, they managed to get themselves up for that or they managed to get themselves up to play that style of that Liverpool team which just doesn't happen when they're playing a Southampton or a Brentford it's a combination of all those things so Harry Maguire doesn't play this weekend that defence looks better Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't play this weekend. Bruno Fernandes looks better. But the fact is, they're not playing Liverpool at Old Trafford this weekend. They're away to Southampton. So therefore, you'd expect that uh, feral intensity that they brought to the proceedings on Monday, that won't be there. Mm. You'd expect that they will, it will still be an intense performance if, if Ten Hag is really working his magic. But it, you can't get up for Southampton away as much as you can Liverpool at home, I'd suspect anyway. Maybe you can, but it might just be a little bit off it. That's not to say that they won't be up for the game tomorrow or that they won't win comfortably in the end. But I think it, it was just a combination of all those things and I think that it was a, it was a perfect fixture for them in many ways on Monday when you look back at it and I'm not necessarily talking about Liverpool in that I'm talking about the occasion that they come away from Brentford and Ten Hag knows he can run the legs off them the day after because he's got another eight and, days and, after that and, and himself and himself yeah. he's got another eight days to recover from that he's got a lot of time and it's like it's almost like a date in the diary it's almost like a, a new pre-season where it's yeah. like this is the date it's coming up nine days away it's a week and a half away it's a long time to build up for any game in, in professional football and I think that that whole uh, kind of that, that that whole mindset I'd say uh, played into a really positive performance from them on Monday so I think there's a load of things you can take from Monday and say that is a. They are probably going to be sustainable factors throughout the season, which will lead to good moments for Manchester United. But I do think Liverpool, not so much the team, but I think the fixture, the occasion. I think that came at a good time for them. It was it was a great opportunity for him to to make a point in that squad by making two or three big decisions, especially with Ronaldo and Maguire, and it paid off handsomely for him. I d- yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. That's the that would be the thing that I always, I that I'm concluding from Monday night. I don't know. And that's and that's fair enough. Like I know uh, that's not a you know. But we'll know a lot more at five o'clock tomorrow on both of these teams when it comes to Liverpool as well. So, like, obviously, with United away to Southampton, they've got a very good, um, like, their, their specific record against Southampton. I'm not so sure, but they've obviously put up like um, big scores in the not too distant past against them. Obviously, and then Liverpool are at home with the Bournemouth. Like, that's that. That for me is a. If Liverpool come away from that game not getting three points, then I think that's when we can start turning it from I don't know into okay, what's going on right now at Liverpool? Mm. Um, now I think Monday was probably the most alarming result, uh, or probably the most alarming performance of the three. I thought that you know you can be forgiven for the opening day performance. I think because it's the opening day a little bit. They were good against Crystal Palace and then they were just bad on Monday mm. against a team that weren't in great form themselves. So uh, tomorrow's going to tell a lot. I, I think we're probably closer to a conclusion on Liverpool than we are about Man United. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh, a few comments coming in. Dennis and Connor says good luck on enjoy the travel expect we'll see the Kerry jersey at the Maracanã in the north uh, in the not so distant future 
I'm not going to bring it, unfortunately. Like Adrian Barry has obviously shamed people who wear Kerry jerseys at, at sporting events. He absolutely hates the fellows who wear the Kerry jersey at the Masters, don't you? <laughs> what? How do I respond to that? Do, don't you, you? I don't absolutely hate them. I I do eye roll when I see them coming on. Yeah. But to be fair, there hasn't been one. I haven't I haven't seen one yet at the American Island. So you know, it's a bit cliche to do it. If you turn up at a golf event, that would be a bit cliche. But then there's also something a bit countercultural about the whole thing, isn't there? So it might just be you know a bit rebellious. Yeah, you know, I'm not bringing them. Um, Best of luck, Owen, says Brian Slattery. Owen says, somebody on YouTube, you're an absolute gent. Too modest for your own good, man. Wisdom beyond your uh, years. I'm not sure about the second part of that. Or, yeah. Or the first part. Uh, Owen is very insightful. We'll miss him up against Jarrah, says Tennis Tank. Uh, heard Owen's moving to AFTV. Good move for the lad. Yeah. Yeah. I, All I the best, Owen. Yeah, that, ex- that experience at the North London Derby earlier in the year would probably make AFTV one of the jobs I'd least like to do, to be honest. Uh, Lorcan Ryan says, Owen, safe travels and enjoy every minute. Yourself and the lads kept me in touch with, the ho- with home during a few years in Australia and six months in South America. Have a blast. Argentina is the best of all. Nice. The, uh, the France of South America. Who said that? You? That's what they say. Oh, that's what they say. So, good wine and Very cheese? Very European, <laughs> European feel about it. That was good wine. Yeah. And steak. Oh. Yeah, good steak. Yeah, are you saying that just because it's like Argentina, or is it actually better than Irish steak? I'm sure there's something to do with the whole holiday experience. Yeah, Jojo exactly. outside and all these things is nodding at me. He's like, "Yeah, that's yeah, you're right there." Um, no, no, it's good. It's very Jojo's good steak. Be very careful here. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Better than Irish. He doesn't. No, know, he doesn't no, know about no, that. Yeah. See, that's, that I think. I think there's a bit of a like we're we're a broad sort of um, you know a bias um, towards towards cuisine. Well, we'll, like that. We'll, we'll get all these reviews. I'm sure over the next uh, twelve to twenty four months, as DB said. I don't know if he's let some sort of a cat out of some sort of a bag there, <laughs> but he's extending your. I um, do not have. Uh, if somebody wants to pay me to go on holidays for twenty four months, I will happily accept any donations. Um, keep your comments coming in. By the way, it'll make Owen cringe and uh, thus make me happy. So um, keep them coming in. Very genuine comments coming in this morning. Keep them uh, flooding in. Whatever comments. Uh, platform it is you're watching us it's coming up on uh, 10 to 8 and you're watching OTB AM lots to come on the show this morning brought to you live each morning of course by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day where you've Eric Donovan standing by he's going to be on with us in a couple of moments time and he's going to chat to us about all things boxing he's got a, a European belt to fight for in Belfast next month so he'll talk to us about that in just a little bit Martin Lipton is also going to talk to us about uh, some of those topics obviously we've been um chatting about as well the, the uh, football reaction to the Champions League draw uh, which he was at yesterday Delhi Ali obviously landing in at Istanbul uh, as well over the last 24 hours get his thoughts on that as well as looking ahead uh, to the football over the weekend tell you what's happening across the back pages uh, very shortly as well we'll have Zach Carpenter who's um, writer on all things Nebraska um, head of the Erlingus College Football Classic at the Aviva tomorrow it's right upon us so we'll get uh, Zach's if you're going to the game if you've any interest at all uh, Zach and Mark as to exactly what it is you should be watching watching out for that's coming up at 10 to 9 this morning uh, the thing that I'm most looking forward to is at 10 past 9 this morning we're going to have a full studio for the first time that I can remember in the last three years uh, four contestants if they're all not desperately hung over four contestants three contestants um, if they're not all desperately hung over and um, can't make it but we'll have Owen yes Owen is going to partake yeah against Jer, against Shane Hannon yeah how are you feeling about that? Uh, you've lined up the big dogs. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about it? Like, not particularly enthused about it. It's there, There's no way you can possibly... Um, no way you can possibly turn this out to be a good thing. Like, I mean, I'm obviously going to get screwed over here. 
and I'm just I'm accepting that the screw job is already in. <laughs> we clip that there and just uh, and, and get that out as soon as we can. M Dunn, who says six years in Canada, many a boring morning with Canadians. I mean, that seems like a fairly bizarre point of comment there, Emma. But good morning to you anyway. Uh, you lads got me through. Get him to do Japan style updates from South America to keep us happy. Yeah, I might have to do something like that to keep myself happy. Um, we need an AJ esque farewell speech on says Wayne Graham <laughs> <laughs> grab the mic and start walking around the studio yeah yeah that, that's throwing stuff throwing Andy Lee's belt on the ground you'd have to see how um, how the crappy quiz goes later on that's the outcome uh, will, will inform it or not that happens um, Zed Leplin says we'll miss Owen but Brawley or Lachnan would soften the blow yeah I agree a like for like there I think you'd have a new listener there um Who's that? Me. <laughs> well, you're not going to listen otherwise. Yeah, if, you get, if you get locked in, I'll probably I'll definitely tune in. Yeah. And uh, best luck on says uh, Brian Thomas as well. So as I said, do keep your comments coming into us here. Um, you've been. Uh, we mentioned the celebrity circuit that you were on last night. Yeah. Um, you've been catching up with a couple of other celebrities. Oh, this is uh, this is the big one now. We're going to bring you. Uh, like I mean, you previewed the show there. You didn't. You buried the lead completely there. I know, uh, sorry about that. I was in conversation last week with uh, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds. Oh. By in conversation, I mean uh, signed up to a Zoom <laughs> junket where I got to ask one question. A Zoom junket, right? Yeah. So uh, no, rubbing shoulders uh, with uh, with Hollywood A-listers. There's a, a new documentary on Disney called. Uh, welcome to Wrexham, which follows the lads and their uh, stake in Wrexham football club. It's Derrigar now, isn't it? It's it's the thing to do. Make a make a documentary. behind the scenes documentary about your football club. What I did find interesting is that the documentary was being made like from the very outset, like they were having Zoom calls with the stakeholders of the club, the people who run the club, the fans. And in one of the Zoom calls, like there's you can actually see a camera over the shoulder of one of the lads. So like from the very start, they were like, "Well, we're making." I fly the wall like me. Oh, really? Look at that! This is all being documented. <laughs> this uh, very off the cuff thing that we're doing. Like, I do think the story is remarkable. Like, it's uh, it's really interesting. And I mean, I like I, I enjoyed the, the, the few episodes that I did get the opportunity to see. Uh, I just I'm still just n- not fully sure on the why and you know mm-hmm. the what's the, what's the the true just motive. Just a bit bored it. and like yeah, that like, could just oh, be this it. thing over here looks class. That could just be it. Those fans are mental. Like in that in that thing, I'm sure there was. I mean, I don't know. Was there an attachment to Wrexham? Was it just no? This is a club that's available. We can get it at a price that we can afford. We can maybe build it up. Maybe. But that's the ambition. Yeah, they, like that. That's what they say. Sorry. Like I mean, they obviously give reasons, but yeah. I, it doesn't ever feel as, as if we've got the, the full reason. Or maybe they don't even know themselves. I think it could be like a maybe a, lo- a COVID reaction to boredom, or, or kind of like a, a, an off the cuff sort of life decision from the two of them. Like it, it, what I'm really interested in is that like they, they seem very conscientious about the fact that they've taken something like a football club and have a huge stake in it because they realise the importance of the club to all the fans, the importance to the town, and they realise that there are very real human beings involved and very real ups and downs in, in human beings' lives that can be attached to a football club and the sensitivities that are required around that. They seem uber cautious around that to be fair to them so I'm not saying that they're coming in and are like lackadaisical about it or, or just throwing money at it for the crack and it's the fact that they seem so conscientious about it they're very aware of how owners are viewed and not in a positive light that for me makes me question so what is the what is the real reason here like what's the what, what, what are they really trying to get out of it and, and maybe as the season goes on and when, when the episodes kind of develop a bit more maybe we'll get an answer to that because I'm sure like they're obviously very wealthy but yeah, I would never have thought they were like own a football club wealthy. 
their own a non-league football club wealthy mm. and mm. their ambition they say is why like they're talking about shooting for the stars mm. they're talking about promotion 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 why not shoot for the Premier League mm. like the higher you go I'm sure they would personally probably get rich if they became a Premier League club but I wouldn't say they'd be able to, to earn enough money to be able to compete with, with some of the top Premier League clubs and on that front it would be a whole other level of investment that's required now to be fair at the, the very first episode Rob McElhenney says you know I'm, I'm television rich uh, but I'm not Hollywood rich and that's how they bring in yeah. Ryan Reynolds and it cuts to like Deadpool and all that to be fair it's quite funny as you would expect it would be and um, the, the lads are quite interesting but like the Wrexham people are arguably even more interesting and I'm really interested okay. in sort of the insights we're getting into into this town as much as anything else I think sometimes obviously there's such a level of exposure around Hollywood A-listers that you sometimes feel that you're not going to get much more mm. out of them. Like the first couple of episodes, you see Michael Henney watching games in lockdown from like his, his mansion in in, in Hollywood and uh, maybe not Hollywood, somewhere in the states anyway. And there's like a, a maybe a limited level of of intrigue about that. Um, whereas when it comes to, to Wrexham, I'm actually learning about the town and, and learning new things about it in in a way that I'm not learning about Rob McElhenney because he's just watching a game in his in his very expensive house. They also make great uh, TikTok content about Wrexham. So they do like oh they match, do I haven't little, seen this little match reports so like post game they'll go oh hey Wrexham were playing I don't know rather at the weekend and um, they'll take you through exactly what happened and they'll be like yeah. oh Wrexham one 0 up there's no way we there's no way we couldn't win this game from here and then rather will go ahead and score two goals and like it's it, it's very funny it's very um, all of sunny type content almost I uh, I do like it as well that this doc is very much made for the American market okay. so like in the second episode there's a situation where a fella gets a second yellow card and they're explaining to people yeah. home what that means. Lo- all, all those documentaries oh, are yeah, totally, it's totally fair like. um, anyway after all of that you and uh, 3,999 other lucky journalists got on a call with them ah, during the I week mean, and you all got an opportunity to to pick the brains, yeah, yeah, yeah with some with some good. Well, te- tease it up to us. Oh, I mean, just just me casually, you know, having a, a real in depth conversation uh, with uh, with the lads, and um, yeah, have a look. <laughs> Hi guys, um, as we saw in the first episode, uh, we got a good reminder that Philadelphia sports fans are absolutely crazy. Um, when it comes to comparisons between American sports fans, I'm keen on both of your perspective on this. When it comes to the differences between American sports fans and British football fans what's been the main difference when it comes to their madness in the stands wow Uh, man I see a lot more similarities than differences and I think that was a huge part of the endeavor in the first place is that I was not a huge uh, football fan when I say football in this uh, circumstance I mean soccer but I'm a huge American football fan Um, and I saw so much similarity not necessarily in the sports but in the fandom so I I don't know that uh, there are a ton of differences there's just a lot of passion and love, specifically in the working class communities where people are spending all week, you know, grinding themselves to, to earn the, the money to come to a game and games that are getting increasingly more expensive. Um, so I see a lot more similarities and differences, honestly. Well, that was definitely worth the entire your Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, it was Wasn't good, it? good, good uh, eight hour day put in. Hi, guys. To, to get that. Oh, that was good. That was yeah. very good. Um, they obviously um, saw right through my cunning plan. Wow, <laughs> he said when you asked him the question. Geez, you put a lot of work into that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, molding that question all day long. It, 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 it be, the word "wow" belied everything that happened for the previous thirty seconds, where he was staring at the ground, literally going, "What is what bullshit is this? <laughs> what yeah. fresh bullshit is this?" But I was just going to say, like, they, they did see through my cunning plan, where you know you get given one question, and I was like. I've got a loophole here. <laughs> a question for you both. <laughs> Hi, and guys. then uh, Ryan Reynolds didn't answer the question. 
Yeah, no, I'd say they have that well rehearsed. Whenever that, whenever that comes up, you just take it. And yeah, I've got a lot to learn. Life. Yeah, so that was a uh, career highlight right there. That was good stuff. Yeah, was good yeah, stuff. Really you'll, keep in, you'll keep in contact. I presume you'll be. Yeah, good. Good insights there. delivered there now this morning for people. You wouldn't get that anywhere else. Um, what's most concerning you about your um, as as the the goodwill comments? By the way, keep flooding in this morning. Um, best of luck, on says Philip Nolan. Good luck, on Alan O'Neill. Um, Edward Freeman says best of luck in your travels. A Nashville style update from each country would be great. And would you uh, and you would make a fortune in royalties from the tourist boards that would uh, pay for your trip. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be uh, all ears to any opportunities there for sure. Um, maybe, yeah, there'll probably be a few Nashville opportunities, all right. Rob Call- uh you're going to Nashville? I am not. Are you? No, you're not. No, I'm not. No. I won't be. I will be going to the States first for a while and trying to get out of there without spending all my money. <laughs> Best of luck with the travel zone. Uh, if possible, add a Baca game to the list. Went a few years back and it was one of the highlights of my South America trip. 100%. 100% yeah that's definitely on the list now to say I haven't got much planned is an, is an understatement I'm kind of I've been forced into winging it a little bit it's been it's been a busy little while it's, don't worry about that John O'Leary uh, says what we'll miss uh, most when Owen goes is his interviewing GEA stars and then about an hour after the interview drops that player announces his retirement <laughs> 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 yeah that was uh, another particular highlight good old Joe uh, Hurling Club in Argentina is a great place to visit for any red hair Irish man says Michael yeah sign me up I don't know what he means then he means about that and Declan Murphy is wondering this is a question of the morning when is Nathan's leaving to yeah good question I mean I presume it's when Mayo win the All-Ireland I think that's kind of the pattern now that emerges your county wins in All-Ireland get out of Dodge your job is done yeah. and he is if you're talking about me as a propaganda machine for Kerry then I think Mayo and Nathan is on a whole other level if you win the Talton Cup you only go for five weeks it's not that big of a deal like yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that, that's I, I'm shocked and appalled that we didn't have a, a going away saga for you before your uh, trip to France to throw up shoulders with some of Ireland's greatest sports stars. Uh, make own cringe. Keeper comes coming in uh, with you to ten o'clock this morning. Live crappy quiz. It's really the only thing you need to know this morning. Live crappy quiz coming your way um, just after nine this morning, and we will bring it that way your way. It'll be on in the contestants chair uh, this week, and it'll be up against uh, Jer and Shane. So that's coming up a little bit later on. We've Martin Lipton as well standing by to chat football, and plenty more to come. All after these. OTB AM. All right, it is uh, five past eight. You're watching OTBM on this uh, Friday morning with you until 10 today. OTBM brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. And uh, we have lots to come uh, between now and the end of the show. Also a reminder that uh, Off the Ball needs your help. We're currently recruiting for a survey. And uh, if you listen to us or watch us across any platform at least a couple of times a week, then we'd like to uh, ask you a couple of questions and pick your brain a little bit. So you can sign up on Twitter. You can check out our uh, pinned tweet over there if you're an Instagram user as well. Check out our save stories and we're also posting this across TikTok and Facebook so keep an eye out there uh, failing that you can WhatsApp us if you're um, an Uber fan 0879180180 and we will send it out directly to you there's three separate prizes as well of 100 euro uh, vouchers up for grabs for anyone who takes part so do get involved in all of that uh, we're going to turn to football and uh, we're going to talk to Martin Lipton of The Sun good morning to you Martin good morning how are we are you home or are you still out there I'm in Istanbul so uh, I've had to draw the curtains it was too bright it's good a lovely man. view but you can't see it because good. the curtains are drawn good broadcasting sensibilities fair play a long drawn out affair as usual oh god it goes on and on doesn't it uh, after half an hour nothing's actually happened it's like come on just just draw the balls out and in the end you get an interesting draw actually pretty good for the English clubs 
two really good groups, actually. The one with um, Bayern Munich and Barcelona Inter, and then the one with Juventus as well is a, a quite interesting. But the, the English clubs, let's be honest, if they don't go through, it's their own fault. I mean, they've got pretty passable groups. Yeah, and Tottenham, when you look at Frankfurt, uh, Sporting Lisbon, Marseille, while they don't have a great record in France, uh, and Marseille are packed with plenty of ex-Premier uh, League players, including a hat full of Arsenal players, of course, as well. Overall, a pretty decent draw for Tottenham. I think they'll take that. I mean, the view was they wanted Eintracht Frankfurt as the top seed. They thought they were the weakest, and obviously they've, they've lost players, including Kostic, since last season. Um, Sporting sold Nunez. They're always a difficult team, but they're not the, the best team in, in the world. They you know, the champions two years ago, but not last season. And Marseille are a reasonable side, but Tottenham should still win that group. I think that's the ex- expectation within them uh, now. It doesn't mean they're going to go all the way to win the competition, but they would they would be pretty confident of, of reaching the, the, the quarterfinals, I think. That's their, their target for the season. You didn't bump into Deli Alley in the airport at any point? I haven't yet. I mean, obviously, if, he, if, if I do see him as he comes in, that'd be great. Um, I just want him to play football. Mm. I think it's been a what's happened over the last two or three years has been really sad actually uh, and part of it a lot of it has got to be down to Delhi himself um, I think he was broken by Mourinho actually uh, that didn't didn't work for him and uh, Mourinho wanted to do to Delhi what he did to Joe Cole and you know tough love to make him work and footballers are wired differently these days I think and Delhi Ali didn't appreciate being treated in that way and I I think it added to a, a sense of, uh, of of him falling out of love with the game. And the thing about him, he was that this mixture of, of, of infectious enthusiasm and a bit of a, of a nasty streak when required. And we've, we've seen neither of those, actually, uh, for two or three years. And the Everton move was a, a disaster, let's be honest. And he's one start and a, a handful of appearances and, and has done nothing in an Everton shirt. And they've... The fact they got rid of him within six months or eight months tells you, I'm afraid, all you need to know. That piece there about losing your love for the game and losing your energy, that's something you can rediscover though, right? Especially if you remove yourself from the spotlight of England. If that's what we're saying it is. It's, it's an attitude thing that obviously has, it's, it's not just his own fault. It is, it is obviously the people who, who are maybe looking after him. Like that is something that you would think that in, in an ideal world he could rediscover. You'd like to think so, but it's a long time since we've seen... Delhi playing as he can, I would say you're probably looking at two or three years. Now, can you make up for, for two or three years of of a, of a significant downturn in, in form? Let us hope the answer to that is yes. Uh, the spotlight won't be the same. I mean, it's, it will be quite big. I mean, we are talking about a mad football country here in Turkey. And he's playing for Besiktas, which is the, the team which is just around the corner from, from this hotel. But you overlook the ground from the other side of the hotel it shows how close it is in the heart of the of the city it's the smaller I suspect of the of the three big Istanbul clubs because a lot more attention goes to Galatasaray and Fenerbahce uh, and they've also got Persikza here who won the title a couple of years ago as well so there are four big clubs in Istanbul now but it won't be what he's used to it will be a different environment and also let's be brutally honest he won't be able to read what they're saying in the newspapers or saying about him on television. He won't, he won't know what they're saying. So that might help. Do you, yeah. do you, do you think that got to him in the past, the, the, the press in, in, in England? I don't think it helps. I think when, when things are going badly, you, it becomes a sort of a, of a, a cycle of decline, doesn't it? And things, you take things more personally. 
you're aware of what's being said and you you know all of these things come together um here it will be what he does on the football pitch and he'll be equally accountable to himself but he won't have the same degree of external footballing distractions i don't think because as i said he i don't suppose he speaks a word of turkish um not many people do outside of turkey um so it will allow him just to get on with with being what he has to be but then again he's got to be willing to do that and be be able to to find his form and to make significant impacts in games and prove that he can play again because otherwise there's a, a serious talent in danger of going to waste yeah, and at 26, it looks like almost in some ways that his uh, career is petering out in a way. Somebody ten years his uh, his senior. Um, it, just one last one. Does have you a sense, Martin, that he his choice to like you said about the the stink? I suppose maybe at uh, at Everton that his choice now to go and play football, albeit out of the spotlight at a at a club like uh, like Besiktas, is like a po- like it's a positive thing for him that he's he's taking trying to take control almost of his own career get a bit of football and get his career back on track i hope so yeah i mean look the talent is unquestioned we saw it in those first two or three years at spurs in particular he was one of you know a generational talent you thought you had there and the goals he scored the the quality uh, he possessed the ability he had to hurt teams uh, and that's what made him an England international. That's what saw him scoring in a World Cup quarter-final four years ago. Um, that ability surely hasn't gone away. He, though, has got to really want to find it. It's down to him. I think going out of the comfort zone, going into another country is a very thing. It's a good thing. And you've seen other players thrive outside of England. But mm. it's only a good thing if he's not just trying to escape from himself. If he's if he's doing it because he really wants to put his career back on track, that's brilliant. If he just wants to escape the spotlight and not care too much about the outcome on the pitch, it won't last very long either, will it? Uh, United Southampton will get the action underway tomorrow and I uh, just want to look ahead to some of those games. We've been discussing the sort of split nature of the reaction to the, uh, last Monday night's football. Um, whether whether United have like found their team now and turned a corner and this is a portent of, of things to come or whether it just suited them on Monday night because it was Liverpool and because Liverpool have been started to be found out in a way that maybe they weren't over the previous few seasons. Where's the truth of it all in your view? Uh, I think we'll know by about two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, mm. actually. Um, it's the sort of game where United, if they are going to be significant players this season, will turn up and find a way to win and play half decently. But there's no guarantees of that. I mean, you st- even against Liverpool, when they were the better team, there were moments of self-inflicted chaos at the back. Um, and what you have with Southampton is really good dead ball delivery from Warpfouse. Uh And they've discovered a little bit of uh, spirit, haven't they? You know, they came from two down against Leeds to get a draw, came back again from a goal down to win at Leicester last week. And just as you thought that uh, Hazen Hooter was on his way out, they seemed to be playing for him and looking to, uh, to, to, to show some support for the manager. So it's not an easy game. And it's one that will be a, a, a proper testing ground in some ways. It is a, a one-off match against Liverpool and you know the chaos that will come if you lose can work either way and it worked positively for, for United. But if they if they can't back it up tomorrow, 
then all of that goodwill that was garnered on Monday night dissipates pretty quickly. Uh, just the point you made there that they made a few chaotic moments for themselves on Monday night. Are, are you of the opinion that maybe that back four has got a little bit too much credit for, for Monday? Do, do you still think that they, they've got a lot to prove? I think they defended quite well, but there were moments which were pretty hairy scary. And if you're a United fan, you, you, were, you were watching it you know, from behind the sofa with your hands over your eyes at times, weren't you? I mean, it, was, it wasn't uh, an authoritative defensive performance by any means. I don't think it was bad. I think there's a lot of desire shown and a couple of saves that were made uh, by De Gea. Uh, but even with the changes, I think it'd be hard for us to say they look secure for 90 minutes. They got away with it. To add to that security then, do you think that this is just more cohesion with that new centre-back partnership, maybe uh, maybe an, an upgrade on, on, on Dallow potentially, or, or, or what do you see as, as the improvement that potentially potentially comes down the line for, the, for that Manchester United defence? Yeah, you want a better right-back, wouldn't you? Let's be, be honest about that. But it is game time, it's playing together. You, you, you want a settled unit if you can have one. Now, it looks as though he wants to play... Uh, Three of those, as it were, the left back and two centre halves. The Maguire's going to be on the bench for the moment. If he can get a right back he trusts, that will help. But also, they've got to have a, the shield. We'll see whether Casemiro, if and when he starts, can provide that that shield as well, because that gives more security to the team. So we haven't seen yet, because of the recent arrival, what United are going to be in terms of the the, the stability of the side. Nominally, at least with Casemiro in, even at thirty they should be better. I mean, he's an experienced, wily old soul and he'll make a tactical foul when he has to. He'll give them that safeguard, I think, in front of the back four, which should allow the more attacking players to a bit more leeway and, and room to play him. So from a United perspective, it could be the start of something infinitely better than they saw in the first two games. Yeah, and as you say, like uh, it's only watching them is going to tell particularly against maybe some of the lesser teams what's your sense on, on the Liverpool side uh, Martin I was definitely of the view uh, last season that they were quietly rebuilding uh, you know uh, the Diaz coming in the former Jota um, suddenly uh, there's a lot of question marks about uh, the direction of this team yeah I mean they look if you've been told two years ago that Liverpool would go into a big match with a midfield of Milner Henderson and a teenager in Harvey Elliott, you'd have thought, no, that's ridiculous. That's old Liverpool. That's not a Klopp Liverpool. Uh, and it didn't look like a Klopp Liverpool, did it, on, on Monday night? I thought they were exceedingly poor. Uh, the loss of Mane appears by the day to be more significant than people thought it might be. And that's not to de- uh, discredit the, the effort and, and performances of Diaz. I think he's been really good. But Mane gave them something extra and also he could play through the middle if he had to he was able to stretch teams had a bit of the devil in him when he needed to I mean, got away with a few elbows last season let's be honest about it in, in a few games when he could have been sent off and didn't but he gave them that extra bit of physicality uh, teams were wa- worried and wary of, of Mane Firmino looked more leggy than the rest of them and the rest of them looked leggy on Monday he didn't have any input or impact on the game Trent Alexander-Arnold was... He was playing basically as a, as a, as a wing-back in a, in a four, wasn't he? Or, or, and it didn't work. There's a, the, the gap behind him seemed bigger and bigger and bigger as it went on, and United targeted that. Gomez was struggling. 
Van Dijk made. I mean, it's hard to work out who played well for Liverpool and on on Monday, and I've ended up with a thing that none of them did. Uh, they were just really poor from one to eleven or one to fourteen after they make the subs, and that's a worry because they've had a pretty poor start. They were underwhelming against um, Fulham on the first day of the season, a match they should win at Fulham. They were decidedly underwhelming uh, with Nunes sent off against uh, Palace. And they were even worse than that on, on Monday night. So they'll be quite happy they got Bournemouth at home, I think, rather than Newcastle away, which would have really tested them. After the opening three weeks, has your opinion changed on who might be best placed to challenge Manchester City then? I still think that Liverpool, if they're full throttle, are the, are the second best team. And I still think that Spurs should be best of the rest. Uh, Arsenal, though, have been excellent this season. There's no doubt about it so far. Whether Gabriel Jesus can continue to play at this level, uh, we will find out over time, but he's been excellent. Uh, I think you look at Arsenal and the, the doubt and equivocation would be what happens if they get two or three injuries? Um, because this that obviously hurt them at the end of last season. They had a small squad and a couple of injuries really told. What happens if they get you know, who plays central midfield if they lose one there? Who scores the goals if if Gabriel's out for three weeks? Do you really think Nketiah will score goals? What do they do at centre-half if Saliba or White get injured? These are issues that are, yeah. will only be become clearer as if they become relevant as the season goes on. Spurs have not played well, would have got seven points in the bank. And you think that because of the attacking options they've got, they'll find a way to score most games, which gives you a chance. Um, and I think they, that Son has not really pulled up any trees yet. And we know you know, from the end of last season how good he can be. So they'll be quite positive. They haven't really seen Basuma yet, who is a big signing. Perisic has now slotted in. Uh, the, I mean, the big surprise at Tottenham is that Emerson Royale can actually cross the halfway line and be half effective which I think most Spurs fans doubted completely last season. On that point um, around Arsenal and the potential injuries, if, if we uh, if we leave the, the injuries potential to, to one side and, and the, the depth that is very much yet to be tested, like I think you were on maybe three quarters of the way through last season saying that there were still question marks around Arsenal's mentality and the fragility that they'd shown in the past. And ultimately, I guess that, that was proven to be correct when, when they did end up uh, not finishing in the top four. Have you seen anything since then that would maybe change that for you, that, that, that has, has shown to you that maybe there's a little bit more resilience mentally in that squad this season? It's hard to say that on the basis of the matches they play. Mm. Um, but they went to Palace last year and they humiliated 3-0. This year they won 2-0, but it was the first game of the season. Mentality is different. Uh, Leicester are a poor side and mm. they, you know, they, they that was a game that could, Arsenal were the better team, but you could have seen that finishing 4-3, 4-4 even. And, you know, the penalty doesn't get overturned, who knows? Uh, and then last week at Bournemouth, they were excellent. No question about that. They blitzed them. It's about what they do when the, when the going gets tough. You know, sometimes with Arsenal, when a going gets tough, the tough go shopping, don't they? I mean, they don't really seem to to have it in them. Uh, other times, you think, well, this is a really good team. And this inconsistency is that it's that it's dogged them for, for the last four or five years, arguably. And that needs to be sorted out. Um, I've been watching, like, I think a lot of us have the, uh, the Amazon Prime All or Nothing on Arsenal. And I'm increasingly wide-eyed with every dressing room shot of Arteta because it's either 
genius or madness, or somewhere between the two, I guess. Some of the concepts he brings in would make me think of David Brent, to be honest. And yet, it looks like the players want to be- to buy into it. And if that continues, that's great. How do they react, though, again, in adversity? How do they react when they lose a cup? The problem with Arsenal over the last few years has been great run, five or six games, but then lose one and they lose three or four. They, you know, that whereas City lose one, that means that tells them, right, we're not going to lose another eight now. We're just going to mm-hmm. go and win the next the next seven or eight. And Arsenal haven't had that, you know, one knock takes all the wind out of their sails for, for quite some time. And dealing with downturns in form or poor results is absolutely critical for any team over a season. Uh, the the uh, David Brent comparison is interesting. We've been discussing the documentary fair but on the show over the last uh, over the last few weeks, and it it's very difficult not to like Mikel Arteta off the back of all or nothing. But exactly as you say, it strikes me that like it's a sort of message that in a winning dressing room, it's grand and everything sort of rolls week to week, and it's like yeah yeah we can totally get behind this. It's when things are going a little bit sour um, where it can come off a little bit contrived. I guess is probably the point. I like the fact that he's willing to do things something different every time. It seems that he. He genuinely plans and thinks through how he's going to refresh the players. Mm. That they don't want to hear the same thing. I mean, some of the key messages are going to be constantly reiterated. But what he, he you know, from the the evidence that we've seen now, is that he looks to galvanise players uh, by giving them something they don't expect. And that doesn't have to be negative. It, a lot of it's very positive messaging, you know, using of using the, the the board to you know sh- pictures and illustration and ideas and light bulbs um, to to engage the players and and bring them on board to the to them want make them want to listen. Yeah. But do they want to listen when they're two down at Liverpool or when they're when they've just you know, messed up and conceded in the last minute of the first half at home to whoever, Palace. It's um, it's a, a methodology, certainly in terms of the the effing and jeffing and the, the thumping of things that are, you would imagine behind the scenes. Antonio Conte uh, fully subscribes to. What about um, what about Tottenham over the next little while? The the it looks like I, I think the um, fixtures still have to come out, obviously for the Champions League draw, but potentially nine games across October. Uh, Arsenal and United amongst them, and then uh, I think City and Liverpool either side of that in in um, in the, in the in the months either side of that. Uh, a, a packed fixture schedule. Have they had the depth at the minute to cope with that? I think more so than last season, certainly. I mean, we will see everywhere. This is going to be the most difficult season for every club to manage because by November 13, you've got, for the, the big six, you've got 16 Premier League games, six Champions League stroke Europa League games um, and the international break uh, in the middle of that in, in September where they're going to you know, potentially lose players. And also, with a lot of players thinking, I don't really want to get injured now because I've got the World Cup in two weeks' time or three weeks' time. That's where you do need to keep players fresh. You need to, to have depth. Spurs look to have more depth. I think they can still do with a couple. I think they, in an ideal world, they get another centre-half and, and bin off either Sanchez or, or Tanganga, if not both. 
Um, I think they could do with a proper creative midfielder who can play as a 10 and, and just change the game if required. And you might want someone to replace uh, Heel if he goes to Valencia, as, as seems likely. Mm-hmm. Another wide man, probably, but maybe someone who, who can just offer something different. But at the moment, if Kane does get injured, uh, and that doesn't happen as often as some people think, given he missed one game uh, last season, I think, and won the previous it won one game last season, and no, none of them for injury last season. Um, he plays more, a lot more matches than people realise. But if he does get injured, you can play with Charleston at nine. You can play Son if you have to at nine. Uh, you've got Kudasevsky and Mora, so they look to have some decent options up top. Uh, they've now got four central midfielders with Skip, Basuma, Bentenko and Hoberg. Hoberg has started the season extremely well. Um, Romero, they played without him last week. He could be back this weekend, but that relationship with that, that trio of him, Dyer and, and Davis looks quite solid. Perisic has obviously given them depth, but Sessignon scored on the first weekend of the season and he'll grow and learn from playing with, with Perisic. And they've now got three uh, right-back options. Um, in Emerson, Doherty and um, and Spence. So they look to be in a better place, certainly, than they were. But it's Spurs, isn't it? Let's be let's be honest. Let's see where they are in December. Or uh, actually not December, because none of them are in December. In January, when, when they come back after the, the World Cup. Quoting Roy Keane is probably the best place to leave that. Thanks, Martin. No worries. Take care. Good on you. Martin Lipton of the Sun there, uh, talking all things football. Very interesting, as always. Uh, again, plenty of comments coming in. Rick Jagger wonders, is there a GoFundMe page for Owen's travels? That would be absolutely fantastic. I can see your eyes light up. Yeah. Yes! Rick. Um, Great idea. Just uh, DM me, I'll send you my Revolut de- details. Um, enjoy the, fair play, Owen. Enjoy the travels, uh, says Latte Larry. You'll be missed. Uh, Mark Kohler says, uh, wandering off the team here, Mark. What's up with you? Uh, lads, if United sign Anthony, Gagpo and uh, De Jong before the end of the window, where do you think Man United will end up? There's a Liam Brady quote. That, I, uh, you know, I th- think it's about more than the personnel they bring in at this stage, isn't it? It's about whether or not the personnel they have can achieve what their talents probably um, will allow them to achieve. Know, but if, if they signed a hat full of players, they'd be great. Like. Yeah, they've signed a handful of players though over the last 10 years and yeah. a lot of them have fallen well short of expectations. So I think it's a lot more than just the personnel. That being said, when they confirmed the signing of Casemiro, I was like, right, that is a bit of a signal it's a of bit intent. Of a statement, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Devin McLean says, Mark, are you listening? Uh, you are listening too much to Goldbridge. You neither aren't getting any of those players, unfortunately. Um, best of luck with the travels, says David McLean. Um, for, forget about all back here. Don't even think about doing updates. Experience and enjoy it yourself one life live it thank you very much that's that's the, the sort of stuff I'm after now that is the deepest of comments I think that we've had so far <laughs> most people are selfishly like oh don't don't get out of our lives continue give us some of the good stuff from South America yeah, yeah well, but he's I, like no no I, I can, you go and look after yourself we can do both shoulders back chest out you yeah. go and smash it that, that, that's it yeah that's a nice pep talk there Adrian um Bum, 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 bum. Spurs have a breeze of a Champions League group and they have a squad strong enough to deal with the season ahead, says JP Wright. Um, bum, bum, bum. Uh, what, else, what else have we got? I think uh, Spurs and uh, Spurs will push City and Liverpool. Conte's a class act, says Mark. And uh, that's it. Loads of other comments coming in there as well. So we leave that there for now. But if you have more thoughts on the football or on, 
whichever topic it is that's uh, getting your dial going most uh, this morning do feel free to get in contact with us we're with you until 10 this morning and a reminder that we have a live crappy quiz coming your way as well uh, just after 9 this morning we're also going to talk college football delighted to say one of our uh, favourite guests uh, is back to join us Eric Donovan good morning to you good morning lads how are you how are you keeping uh, sure I'm the finest the Co- finest in the kitchen coffee on Nice start to yeah, a Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I got a little bit of a uh, got a little bit of a mix up this morning, so I did um, with the times. But so look, I'm here. Blame, blame our producer Eric. We all do it. It's it's the only it's the only way forward. Um, Ultimate Hell Week. Yes. What's going on? You've it done. Well, um, I was dying to share the news yesterday. It was the hardest news to try and keep quiet for so long, um, and just so so hard I was just dying and there was so many times that I was talking to people in conversation where it just almost fell out of my mouth um, but yesterday we got the go ahead uh, the launch was on for RT's uh, autumn uh, series and uh, all the new shows that are coming out and so we're free to talk about it uh, no spoilers obviously so um, yeah. sorry about that but uh, <laughs> but what a show it's going to be it's going to be just unreal. You're going to love it. The, the obvious question, Eric, just how hard it is physically and mentally compared to, I don't know, a weight cut or particularly taxing training camp before a fight. Honestly, it's one of the toughest things I've ever done in my whole life. Like, like it's, it is the toughest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Just absolutely crazy. Um, and you see, for me, my last fight was on the 14th of May. My last boxing match and um, the, that was in Belfast mm. and then I was due to meet up with the rest of the crew for Hell Week on the 15th of May the day after in Cork and then it was action cameras rolling on the Monday so I didn't even know how I was going to come through the fight every time you step in the boxing ring you know you're, you're putting yourself at a, at a, at a risk um, you know you could get a cut you could get a bad injury anything could happen and um, so even in the fight, like I was just fully focused on the fight, but at the back of my mind as well, it was also kind of like, right, I've I've agreed to do this, <laughs> I've agreed to do this thing as well, and I've to kind of come to that. But I told them I, in principle, I I go, I provisionally go, you know, I mm. interviews, everything done, and uh, but I have to come to this fight. But I came to the fight handy, like I won't say handy enough, but I stuck to my boxing and just got through it and got the win. And then it was like, right, normally after a fight, I take a week off and uh, enjoy myself. <laughs> but this time I went straight into hell. I, uh, I, I, I love the show. I absolutely love it. It's, I love I, it. Once, you, once you watch one, you get totally hooked. And uh, I think there's a part of everybody that watches it goes, I wonder could I? And I'm certainly under no illusions. Um, when you say it was one of the toughest things you've ever done, was it the physical thing or the mental part of it? Ah, uh, just everything. They like they literally. Um, you're tested, you know. As uh, is it is it Ray 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 Goggins? Is it? Yeah, he yeah. says we we will test the core of your soul. You know, it just uh, it gives me shivers even listening to that man. Do you know what I mean? Just uh, they they really do test you. You know, it's it's just. It, it, anything you can think of, like when you think of tough challenges, it's that and multiply it by many more times. Because like they turn up the fatigue and they turn up, they know when to push your buttons at the right time. Is that it? Yeah. Look, they're, they're, to be honest with you, they're absolutely brilliant at what to do. I've not, like I've really, 
a lot of respect and admiration for them. Like, you know, and um, there, there's no, like when I when I was watching the show myself, like and it's our one of our favorite shows as well on TV. You kind of watch it and you kind of wonder, I wonder, is it that bad? Like, you know, <laughs> I wonder, is it like, you know, when the cameras stop, maybe it's a, but listen, trust me, a baptism, a, a baptism of fire, tough, tough, um, yeah, tough event, really, really tough event. Um, I, I, I tell you, it's going to make for great TV, though. Like, um, I'm not sure was was he talking about the show in particular, but I remember reading an interview with Padre Lohora um, a, a while back, and he was just talking about that mental part of it. And when he goes to that dark place, he needs to tell himself that it's just his mind playing tricks on him, which I thought was an interesting way of rationalising maybe the, the physical and mental toll that something like this takes. Do you have mm. any... any um, I guess any methods like that or anything, anything in the inner monologue that constantly comes up to try and help you persevere in those moments. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's the constant battle, isn't it? With mental health with people, you know, it's the mind playing tricks on you, you know, it's the mind telling you one story and then you're hoping to believe in, you know, you're hoping, and you might believe that story that the mind is telling you, but you know, you you obviously um, want to be creating your own um, positive, uh, positive stories you know and it's, it's about how you talk to yourself how you um you know the, the kind of views that you have the kind of you have to challenge those thoughts especially those thoughts where you feel like you're not good enough or you're not capable or you're worthless or you're inadequate and all those kind of things you have to really stand up for yourself and challenge yourself and 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 try and overcome them so it in a way he's right in what he's saying, you know, because you will go to those dark places in there, but you know, many people go through those dark places every day in their life, you know, when they're battling all whatever struggles they're going through. And it's very, very important that you stand up for yourself and use whatever supports are available to you as well. Um, in there, there was a huge kind of, a, there was a very, very important, um, uh, rule almost like, you know, that you got to look out for, for each other. You know, it was that teamwork, that team ethic. It was all about, you know, helping each other, working with each other. And um, that was really good. I loved, loved that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, you know, you kind of, you do, you just kind of have to, you have to overcome. And what I loved about it as well, what I loved about the whole program is everybody, every single person that was in there had to be like, they were confronted with their biggest fears, you know, and um, and I think, in life, we sometimes have to push ourselves to those um, to those places, take ourselves out of our comfort zone, because you learn something new about yourself every time you do that. Whether it goes good or whether it goes bad, you still learn what you know that you have something inside that you never knew that was there before. I'm uh, I'm backing you. I know you can't give any information, but uh, I'm backing you to have uh, to have lasted the uh, lasted the whole lot, and that's that's where my my money is at. So I know you can't talk. What's when is it out? The first episode is um, Wednesday, the seventh of September. Seventh of September, right? Well, we'll uh, we will we will keep an eye on that. Uh, other business, obviously, you're just a month out from uh, Khalil El Hadri from France and Belfast. It's the mm-hmm. vacant EU Super Featherweight Championship, and I know when you came out of retirement in 2016, this was the end point, right? This is where you wanted to be. It was kind of a, yeah, it was a really goal for me. You know, it was icing on top kind of. So um, I'm you know. It's after coming full circle for me now, uh, and um, and I'm, I have the chance. You know, we talk about getting chances, and sometimes in life, you know, professional careers they don't go the way people want them to go. Whatever you know, and for me, 
most people, well, most athletes will probably be winding down at 31 or wrapping it up. I turned professional at 31 and here I am at 37 now with a, with a, with a dream opportunity, um, an opportunity to make a dream come true. So I'm ready. I'm training hard. I'm sharpening the tools every single day and uh, I cannot wait for it. It's almost sold out. There's a small few tickets left on event bright. UK, I think that's the name of the website. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, there's the last couple left. So, you know, just get in and get them and, uh, and, and come and watch a fantastic, uh, a fantastic night and watch me become European champion. And it's live on TG Car as well for anybody when, actually, when the, the uh, sold out, I know you don't want to, like, get people there first of all, and then obviously people can watch it after that on, on, on TG Car, on TG Car. The, the, um, you mentioned the win at Belfast in May over Gomez and, uh, last September as well, and another fight, I think, going back to 2020, like, it's a venue and a city that you've, has been really good to you. Is there a part of that that's, like, feeling a bit like home in terms of fight night, or what's your relationship with the venue and with Belfast like now? Yeah, like it's, you know, it has has been good, to be fair. It has been good over the last while. And, um, you know, it's uh, they've looked after us, the Europa Hotel, and uh, it's a nice location. And, you know, it's still, we're still, we're, we're still fighting on Irish soil. And this, to, this fight is a home fight to me. You know, all the fans, 99% of the fans that are going to be there are going to be my fans. They're going to be in my corner. And I'm very lucky to have that and very grateful to my sponsorship team for, coming up trumps and winning the purse bid to, to make all of these arrangements. And um, <clears throat> thanks to my manager, Mark Dunlop, for all of his work and putting it together. It's, you know, it's a big operation, you know, TV trucks. And um, I mean, the, the police in Northern Ireland have to be involved as well to kind of make sure everything kind of, you know, trucks have to come in, the roads and all have to kind of be manned and looked after. Like there's a, it's a big operation. So I just want to thank a lot of people for making it happen. Um, I just don't want to look too far past this fight. I want to win this fight. I'm going to win this fight. I believe in myself. I believe this is my time. And then we can talk about some exciting, um, you know, uh, subsequent uh, opportunities after that, I suppose. You're not thinking that this is, I get this done and I get out of here. You're thinking I get this done and I kick on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, I win this and, uh, you know, I fulfilled, I fulfilled a, a goal, a career goal. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'll be very, very interested then to discuss and talk about other opportunities because, um, why not? You know, it's, uh, it'll be a great position to be in and to be great to have options and choices. And maybe we, maybe we can go one or two more times. Who knows? like you're fighting against these uh, pups basically and like the age thing is not a factor because the last fellow you beat was younger again than uh, mm -hmm. than this lad so obviously that's not in your, your consideration um, how long do you think you'll, you will keep going for like as you said you obviously had that break in your career mm -hmm. do you feel that like uh, I know Paul O'Connell used to always say when he was injured well that's if I'm out for a year now that's a year in the bank at the end of my career what are you what are you thinking yeah it's um it's hard to really know. It's hard to pinpoint it. Like some days are tough. Some days are, some days I'm, you know, I'm buzzing again. Uh, but you know, it, 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 it is hard. It's a hard sport, tough sport. It's not the kind of sport you want to be trying to get longevity from, you know, mm. like it's never been for me about money or fame or anything. It's just been about trying to fulfill uh, a career ambition and trying to win a title because I feel like, I let myself down during my amateur career. I let, I look, I've won an awful lot. I'm very, very 
lucky that you know well, I'd say lucky but like I've, I've a lot of accolades in boxing I've won an awful lot um, but I've also left a lot behind me and I, I just want to try and make amends there and to try and right a few wrongs and winning this title will be justification for me in, in that regard and then um, I am as I said 37 my wife Laura is due our baby two weeks after I <laughs> after I become European champion and uh so, you know, my priorities will be also changing at the same time. But, you know, there is the possibility of that I that I like to hold on to the, the idea of maybe having a big homecoming, whether here in Drada, where I'm living now, or back home in my home county of Kildare, you know, one or the other. Just I would love to, you know, bring a big night back down south and maybe even both uh, mm-hmm. before I hang up the gloves. Um, but again, this all depends on being successful on the 24th of September. And that's where my focus lies. If you thought uh, Ultimate Hell Week was tough, well, the new baby arrives and <laughs> that on, on repeat. What um, just on the on the point about the stuff that you've left behind in your amateur career, and then you know, if I can get this win, I think is what you said. Then that would you know be justification for all of that stuff. Um, how hard is it to try and make your peace with that stuff, Eric? Sort of almost regardless of the result, and all, almost regardless of the end of your career, is that impossible? Do, do you need that success? Do you need the fulfilment of what the next couple of years will bring? Yeah, <laughs> if I told you no, I don't. I'd be lying, probably. You know, I really do want to win this. You know, I've been talking about this for so long. To be fair, when I started out as a professional, this wasn't like because I was three years in retirement, I know I was doing a little bit of training, a little bit of sparring, but I wasn't competing and didn't really know if the spark was there again. And the idea was always to just get a few fights under my belt and experience professional sport and see what it's like. Um, but when I got when I got going, I got a bit of momentum. I got a bit of a, a kind of a backing and a few fans behind me and it kind of just built up, you know, built up a bit of momentum and kind of the ball got rolling, let's say. And uh, I won the Celtic title, won the Irish title, and then had the chance to fight for the EU title last year, last May 2021. And I fractured my rib and I was kind of like, oh my God, Jesus, like I came so close and, and and you know, it's after been taken away from me. Like, and mm. so they're after coming back around for me again, you know, and I lost, I had two big massive fights in the meantime against Selfa Barrett and, Robisi Ramirez, two top ten, <clears throat> two world top ten fighters, and one of the greatest fighters of all time in Ramirez. And them fights didn't go my way, you know. One of them, one of those fights, I gave a very good account of myself against Selfa Barrett. My stock rose up, and yeah. I, I done really well, but ultimately got knocked out. And then Ramirez kind of stopped me, and never really got to show what I could do in that fight. It was over before I knew it. So, but look, trust me, those even those losses are the reason I have. I'm 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 in this position right now fighting for a European title because they've made me stronger as a as a man as a boxer as as a human being overall you know tough 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 lessons in life and in sport but you learn so much about yourself going through that adversity and I just believe that everything that I've been through all of the adversity I've been through is going to come right for me on the 24th and I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to seal the deal and get that European title. Those tough lessons that you talk about, Eric, do you think you were better placed to handle those tough lessons that boxing hands out because of the fact that you turned professional later than maybe some younger boxers, for example? Well, I wouldn't say it just solely on age, but maybe because of the personal, maybe because of the journey I've been on and the kind of personal transformation that I've been on in terms of like 
personal growth and uh, maturity and just maybe my, you know my counseling training and all that kind of stuff I'm working with working with people working with the supports around me so yeah in some ways you know not solely on on age alone but just mainly mainly life experiences I suppose on yeah what um obviously with the with the arrival a couple of weeks after the fight does that change your plans in the lead into the fight or what is your plan for you know the transition up to Belfast will you go up there well in advance will you closet yourself away or what are you thinking well, actually, we're going to have a media day next Monday in Draw in Draw the Boxing Club here in Drogheda, and um, that's a boxing club uh, just just near the Lord's uh, the hospital. There, it's called Draw the Boxing Club, and um, you know all the media all the media are invited to come along. It's at uh, eleven o'clock till one o'clock or eleven o'clock till two o'clock. Everybody that's on the card is going to be there. There's going to be interviews. And uh, a couple of face-offs. There's a couple of. It's a nice undercard to have, like mm. you know. And we haven't been, um, kind of. Uh, what would you say? We we haven't been we haven't been getting this kind of uh, boxing. You know, box, these boxing cards in Ireland for over the last while. Um, and boxing has been hit really hard. But there's a couple of. Um, there's two kind of derbies on it: Dublin versus Belfast, and then you've got two Cavan lads fighting each other so that's a real local derby there so um, and then you've got a Belfast guy versus Liverpool you know and then there's one or two debutants or you know early guys in their career making making their mark and then you've got the big one with myself sorry Thomas McCarthy's on it as well your former European champion Thomas McCarthy from Belfast so he's the co uh, co-support or chief, chief support yeah so it's going to be good it's going to be a cracker and you're absolutely a boxing story that people can believe in and get behind as well and you know that we're right behind you and look forward to catching up with you when you're uh, when you're the champ so good man thanks a million Thank you, well done thanks thanks a lot Eric Donovan on the line there as always really interesting and uh, forthright and like definitely do you know there's um, so much in sport to be cynical about but just the likes of Eric you just hope that he goes and gets it done and fulfills that thing um, because he's just a uh, Really likable, good guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, no question about that. And also, someone you're gonna end up rooting for on Ultimate Hell Week, it seems. Do you watch it? I've seen bits of it. To be fair, yeah, it's. So uh, you're not in my. Uh, when you watch one, you're hooked. hooked. Um, I, I guess I would be. I've got uh, probably just got commitment. Uh, commitment <laughs> got issues. Commitment issues. Whoa! I don't know where that came from. Oh, I don't Jesus have to commit. Christ! It's taken until a couple of days before his departure. To, uh, He's just when built forth. When it comes to TV shows, oh, I haven't. Geez, like, so. I haven't. Um, Go on. No, I'm just, just make the point. Is that, that I'm bad at are you finding that professionally or personally, or what's the? Just it just affects my entire life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because you were getting some feedback, and you were getting some feedback last night from your colleagues as well. Some some fairly direct feedback about your personality uh, traits. Oh yeah, yeah. How drunk uh, were you exactly? This is you don't seem to be able to remember exactly what was going on last night. No, I, I um, I'm not quite sure what you were referring to there. I'm just saying that I don't often stick to a TV show when I start watching it. <laughs> That's it. There is no, 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 there's no more levels. to I it. I feel as if like you know. Do you remember the day we were sat here in Kenny Cunningham? Do you remember that day Kenny was in and he said. I can't remember what you were talking about. It was the top of the show. There was great old banter going on. And Kenny said, oh, yeah, my caps and stuff. No, I don't have any. We were ta- talking about the stuff that people have donated. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And he said, no, 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 that stuff is all, it's all in black bags in the attic. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I went, oh, Jesus, clear the decks for the next half hour. This is, uh, 
It's an incredible moment. One of the highlights of our of our time together. Of course, yeah. Um, and I also feel as if I'm doing my um, work, my industry a disservice now by you saying um, that you've got commitment issues and and not fully addressing it. Yeah, you you didn't know what you just missed out on there, Adrian. Uh, Mick McCarthy good morning to you Mick uh, says this morning rumours own is tired and emotional this morning after listening to Bob Dylan records instead of going to bed last night that would have been a good idea actually but I did choose bed I did wake up to uh, a CD not wake up to I arrived into the office this morning and there was a CD placed on my desk which definitely wasn't there yesterday and the CD is uh, McGowan speaking Beckett so I'm not sure what that uh, says. You about stuck life, it on, did you? Is that why you're so self-reflective? I did today? put it on for a few minutes on YouTube. I, I didn't have any capabilities of putting a CD into a CD player, <laughs> but it's available on YouTube as well. And I listened to a bit of it, and uh, it's um, it's perhaps a, a sign of the doom that's about to fall upon me after nine o'clock this morning. Are you Dylan man? Ah, yeah. Who isn't? Plenty of people. Definitely um, navel gazing. We all have to be. I like a, like we all have to be with Arthur O'D. Obviously working with us. That's true. Uh, Arthur O PhD on Bob Dylan. That's true. I have to give him his full name. Uh, John Donegal um, texted this morning. Good morning to you, John. He said this quiz, uh, which begins in about twenty minutes' time. Uh, this quiz, as its name suggests, it's pure island self-indulgent. OTB do some really excellent work. It's such a pity that OTB and News Talk let themselves down by continuing with this tired joke that ran out of steam after the first season. Oh no, we're still in season one. This is like episode four hundred twelve exactly of season one. Yeah. yeah, no, we'll, we will retire after the first season. Like I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, John Donegal. But uh, unfortunately, season one is is still in transit. I would also say, like, fair play for getting in to say that it was so shit before it even begins. That's yeah, that's a level of desire and commitment no, that none of the rest was. Today will be a good one, definitely. We like, I mean, this is finally the day that John Donegal comes on board and is like, ah. Now I like this stuff. Uh, Tommy Tommy wonders if there's some connection or just a coincidence that Owen's leaving uh, as Who's Your Daddy has returned. Good luck and enjoy the travels. I think that you know the answer to that question already. Well, I think it was more a case that while I was away, you became so self-reflective listening to McGarren on Beckett or whatever it was. Um, McGarren. McGarren. That you just thought, oh, I mean, I can't be so such a slave to, you know, enjoying my Fridays so much that this is unhealthy. And when he's not here, then I just feel as if I feel so empty. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, what, what is life anymore without Adrian Barry on a Friday is, is basically where my head went. And yeah, I just made the decision before you returned. Where do we go from here? That's where, yeah. where do we go from here? Um, good luck to Owen, says Memory Warrior. Always enjoyed him on the show. Not as preachy as the others. I do love how a lot of the feedback that's come in is basically people taking an opportunity to go. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, good luck to you, but those other wankers. I am here for it, to be honest with you. Keep that sort of stuff coming in. Um, <laughs> Eric's Kitchen gets a lot of exposure, so sh- Shifty Lad, good morning to you, Shifty Lad. Good kitchen. Best of luck, love listening to him. Uh, good luck to him in his next fight, but uh, bet he finished Hell Week as well. Uh, always an outstanding speaker. It feels like I'm losing a friend, says Hugh Janice. Oh, oh Aina Finn is a really good shout. Go full Nick Faldo. Hugh Janice. Uh, <laughs> I think you mispronounced that one there. No, yeah. you're right. I think I perfectly pronounced it, to be honest. Oh, with full you. Nick Faldo. Yeah. Yeah. Good show. Is that, is that in the plan? Because you have Monday and Tuesday to do yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll. Um, yeah, I'll, I, I don't know. If that, we'll see. Have you become. <laughs> maybe that answers my question. Have you become in any way a little bit more comfortable with the. with the. Um, praise and breath of response to your departure no um, I, I like I'm 
I don't really know how to answer that question. No, no is the answer to that question. Okay, well, let us continue with it then. And Jenny Claffey, one of our regulars here in OTBAM, of course, um, tennis expert um, and a tennis player of some renown, as we've established uh, herself as well, has been in touch. Hey, Owen, Jenny here. Just want to wish you all the best on your year of travel and adventure. I hope it's everything you wish for and more. You'll be sorely missed over the next year, but I look forward to catching up with you next year. All the best. Up the kingdom. Excellent. Finally, we get an up the kingdom from somebody from brilliant. A, from, from a tennis court as well. Like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Authentic, authentic the, content. Um, one of the uh, one of the breakout stars of OTB in 2022, I want to say, Jenny Claffey. The uh, Wimbledon slots were outstanding. Looking forward to the next one, I suppose. Uh, we'll, we'll have her in next month for the US Open. It also keeps Buhig off the air, which is a double win. Well, I mean, that probably speaks volumes of what she's brought to proceedings that Buick has actually looked in the mirror and said, you know what, I'm not the forefront tennis pundit on this station anymore. Uh, Shane Kenny says, good night, tall at own. Uh, met him about one in the morning in Fukuoka. Fukuoka? Fukuoka, yeah. Is that my... At the time, it was like we all just got in the habit of saying it. Nobody better than I later. Now, like a couple of years later, it's like, oh, that is quite funny. After Ireland against Samoa, when he spotted me in my Kerry jersey. Oh, we yeah. Got, we got a lot of typhoons down in Kerry. Yeah. Dude, I remember, uh, of course I remember this guy absolutely brilliant no he that was his line he was in the fan montage okay, okay, and it was okay. the game had, uh, had game, there was definitely a typhoon on, on route to Fukuoka at that point and uh, he was giving his analysis on uh, the weather and uh, his, his killer line was that we don't get a lot of typhoons in Kerry um, yeah very uh, an absolute gent I remember that well Best of luck, lad. Uh, he says, up the kingdom, says Jared, And uh, the, I think, potentially close enough anyway to the final stop on our on our route. Good news. Good, goodbye to Owen. Uh, is Ed Nomani. Ah. Owen, just a quick message to wish you the very best of luck in your new adventure. Um, I'm sure Jared Gilroy and the boys will have a lot of sleepless nights um, before your departure. Uh, you will be a massive loss to off the ball and you will be a massive loss to us carry people as well which you represent as above in the capital. Um, you're a great man. You never sat in the fence. Um, I love your passion. We always spoke about Kerry football and Kerry in general, and that's always great to see. You've great wit about you, and you're someone that always reminds me that whatever you do in life or wherever you go, you'll always be successful. So the very best look on, and we will see you in 2023 when hopefully we'll be doing back-to-back all-earns. That's for sure. Jeez, that's very that's very nice of you, no matter now. Um... Do you are you conscious of that? Like I was acutely conscious last night with sort of half OTB people and then half Kerry people. Or actually, a lot of them weren't really from Kerry, like Barry Lennon, oh. who just sort of they put the green gold in their pocket and you decided to go there. I see. Um, but but like you know that there's you know the thing that we joke about all the time the yarism and all. It's actually real though on some level. I know I know it's not you can't reach out and touch it. It's like it's like this thing that lives in the ether. But like that representing Kerry bit that Hayden Mahoney's talking about there, have you? Are you conscious of that? And when you're, you know, talking about Kerry GA particularly, that it's like you know I can't make a misstep here. I can't say something that's going to in some way impact. It can't be the grain of rice that impacts on Kerry not winning the All Ireland. Oh, like I mean, she's absolutely not that uh, to, to that. But I, I think you probably just guess um, maybe a little bit too kind of wound up about not. Uh, um, trying to be overly biased towards towards Kerry or, or whatever team you're clearly attached to, you know, mm. just because, um, yeah, no, at the uh, maybe at the at the start I would have been like quite clearly maybe more biased outwardly, whereas now I just try and keep you it keep inside, it, keep a lock on it, like yeah, exactly, uh, but not not very successfully, obviously, but 
try my best uh, very good we've lots of other stuff to come we are going to have a live crappy quiz coming your way um, in I don't know about 10 minutes time we've Owen versus Jer versus Shane Hannan and uh, I mean I can't believe that there are people that are watching us this morning wondering what's happening who's leaving uh, Shane is off uh, Shane is off Owen is off and um, we're um, wishing him the long goodbye it's as long as Brian O'Driscoll's departure it is from a, from a rugby jersey people tune in this morning to listen to sports content Ah, they haven't. They're here for it all. You know they are. Mm. A reminder, by the way, as well, that uh, Braeburn Coffee is the official coffee partner of OTB. Each week we can give, give uh, one lucky viewer a 100 euro voucher to spend on some Braeburn Coffee goodness at an Apple Green store near you. To enter that, you can check out Add Off The Ball on Twitter. You can just like and retweet our Braeburn competition post and that will make you uh, in our draw. Braeburn Coffee uh, never compromise on quality or taste. It gives you the best uh, uh, the best on-the-go coffee experience on the road and all available at Apple Green, Apple Green today. So if you're out and about um, and you want to get your hands on a nice uh, cup of joe, that's where you need to go. So um, we are going to talk a college football in just a couple of moments' time, but uh, we're going to continue in the uh, long own farewell. And this is one, folks, that I do recommend that uh, wherever it is, whatever it is you're up to this morning at almost nine o'clock, sit back relax turn off all other distractions if you're on the commute good morning to you tell everybody else to shut up take your headphones out and put it on the speaker sit back relax How is this be? and enjoy this from the hills of Inishkeen. <laughs> definitely going to be Shane Hannon or something is it <laughs> hello there my name is Shane Hannon and uh in honour of Owen Sheehan leaving off the ball, I've decided here from the stony grey soil of County Monaghan, beautiful part of the world, to uh, write him a little poem in honour of wow. his leaving us. This is called A Quizmaster Farewell by me, Shen Hannan. With Kerry's drought for Sam over, the kingdom's finest temporarily calls it a day. Owen is off on his travels for a year and a day. Not for tax reasons, and it's not a permanent goodbye, but he is a man of culture, and so we must let his green and gold wings fly. How did this happen? Richard Cooper might ask. <laughs> Ultimately, where do we go from here? You've had pints from Croker to Inneskeen. It's time to sample the South American beer. You've had dinner with Graham Hunter. You're both music men too. It's time for some rumba in Rio, some salsa in Peru. We thought you'd only leave for Nashville, the perfect time for a draft. 150,000 off-the-ball viewers will miss you, an expert at your craft. You won't need a lift to the airport, because that's your Uber right there. Per Jer misses you already, the man from Athai crying, it's just not fair. You thought Neil Armstrong was alive, and although he was first on the moon, you pioneered talking to drunk Irish fans and rating brutal Japanese food. You've tried sushi on camera Kerry made on rice Culinary adventures galore It's time for some South American spice The power rankings will continue Like Arsenal post Wenger They are big shoes to fill Adrian will miss you on Fridays Some Malbec and Brie And he'll feel less ill The crappy quiz has lost its leader As the quiz master You led it with honour It too though will go again like the 2022 Jack O'Connor. Enjoy the travels, young Shehan. There'll be plenty of insta pics and joys 
Team OTB will see you on your return when you can once again separate the men from the boys. Ah, uh, absolutely excellent. Look how beautiful that is. That's a round of applause, Adrian. I think the only two of us that is absolutely very, phenomenal from Shane Hannon. Very good. Poet. I mean, what, what is it? What is it in the water in, in Monaghan that just it's creates such song. lyrical geniuses? Oh, that is, um, isn't it? Beautiful, like that is absolutely lovely. Is that as close as you've come to tears now? Yeah, I actually I think I'm doing okay. I think once the lights are on in here and all that, I think I'm, I think I'm good. You, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom. Go for a little quiet, quiet, yeah, quiet yeah. cry after every show every day. Yeah, exactly. Weep. Um, Thank you, Shane. That was lovely. I think he's coming in for the quiz as well. Quagmire makes a good point. The same initials as Seamus Heaney. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. Very good point. Very good point. Definitely not a coincidence. Good luck, Owen, says Graham Farrell. Uh, David says, leaving my first ever comment on the stream and likely my last since Owen is pretty much the only reason I tune in every morning. All the best. <laughs> David, sticking the knife in. Twist it around. Yeah, like the whole thing is that there's going to be like a whole flood of like new commenters that conveniently start watching next Wednesday. It's like, hmm, I wonder what's... They're like, who's that strange? guy? <laughs> what's strange? Why have I... Why yeah. they just started watching this show all of a sudden? Owen, uh, one last time for old, uh, for old time's sake, says TB, is it UK or England? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, England. Uh, Wicklow Wolf says, last year I bumped into Owen in Dublin. I was down and out. Owen gave me his jacket. Do you remember this? Go on. And a gold coin. <laughs> and I turned that coin into crypto and now I'm a millionaire. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And um, uh, uh, Hugh has been in touch from the Boris Hag. Warrant you, Hugh. Uh, oh, and I can assure you the Kerry picture is being framed. Now, who will I take down from the wall? Oh, wow. No, you know, we... Uh, oh, wow, wow. Um, Where would you go from there? Yeah, no, I'm not gonna not gonna comment on that. They're all they're all great winners. They all have lovely Sam Maguire's. Five past nine, live crappy quiz. Stay tuned. Coming your way very shortly, and also we're going to talk uh, college football briefly after these. Uh, before that, John Giles on Casimiro. Well, Casemiro, we've probably seen a lot of with Real Madrid over the last decade or so. Looks like the kind of player that they probably need in midfield, United. Well, he's been a very good player for, for quite a few seasons now, and it should be better. But it's, 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 it's down to the relationship that the manager has with the rest of the players, Richie. Mm. I think, you know, in the dressing room, if uh, the players are not all together, and they haven't been all together up to the... Yes, that's the first time we've seen them together. Uh, and I think the Ronaldo situation was, was a big part of that. Now, now they should be on the way to get this new player in who should be a help to them. But the players that they have there, I mean, Manchester United have got very, very talented players. And it's just their spirit in, 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 in recent times that, that they, they haven't showed in a way that they showed against Liverpool. Yeah. But I think this, this, this lad coming in is, has been a good player for Real Madrid for quite a few seasons. But what they, what they need now is to repeat the performance that they had against Liverpool and to get a consistency to their game that you'd expect from Manchester United. Yeah. They have the players, in my opinion. That is John Giles uh, talking about uh, what might be in store for United ahead now. Uh, if you're paying the slightest bit of attention to what's going on over the next while, certainly over here, over the last couple of years, in fact, it's Nebraska against Northwestern in the uh, Erlingus College Football Classic at the Aviva. It's tomorrow evening. Delighted to say Zach Carpenter, reporter on all things Nebraska for the Rivals Network, is with us. Zach, good morning to you. Morning, guys. Appreciate you having me. Uh, first time 
out of the U.S. and first okay. time in Ireland. So I've been learning. I just heard about hurling. Got the whole uh, lowdown on that from the yeah. Uber driver on the way over here. Did you? Yeah, well, he was like, oh, it's, "Did he? Did he try to explain to you that it's not as dangerous as it looks?" Is that that's typically what we say to people? I think that's what he was getting at. But it's like fast, physical. Like he told me, look up like some YouTube yeah. uh, highlights. I had two Uber drivers tell me that exact same thing. Like, look up best of hurling. I'm like, yeah. all right. Now that two people have told me, I actually have to need to go and do that. Have to go and do that because it's interesting just to hear it's like an offensive, fast-paced game, like kind of like basketball, where the offense is at the advantage and you're expected to score. So, um, yeah, interesting. Offensive, depending on which uh, which team you're uh, you're behind, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that is definitely debatable. Um, come here, we, we want you. We wanted to get you in to sort of explain to us so for the likes of myself who'll be heading along uh, tomorrow, who hasn't really a clue what they're looking at. We wanted you to um, give us a bit of a look under the bonnet of exactly what we should be expecting. And from an Irish point of view, we love an underdog. So who should we be behind? Uh, Northwestern, then. <laughs> but it's interesting because uh, so I cover Nebraska uh, from that from there. And in the last four years, Nebraska, just to sort of like give a quick background, in the 90s, they won three national championships. They were like a powerhouse right up there with like Miami and Notre Dame uh, in the 90s. And then they had a couple, one bad coaching hire, and then like, you know, how things kind of roll um, kind of downhill from there. Um, and now they're trying to get back to that sort of that same precipice. They went three and nine last year. And that like the running joke in college football media is that Nebraska was the best three and nine team in like college football history because they lost nine games, all were by nine points or less. Eight of them were one by one were by one possession or less. So um, they're like ranked in the top twenty five of the college football analytics, even though they went three and nine. So mm. it's not as if they're just like this this power or whatever, but. Um, they are the favorite on on Saturday. They're thirteen and a half point favorites, um, and so if you're if you're looking for an underdog, I go with the the purple team, the Wildcats. <laughs> okay, and okay. I mean, they uh, maybe they endear themselves to to Ireland a little bit. They're wearing um, on their helmets. Uh, they have an N logo, and they're like uh, they um, did an alternate color where like the Irish flag colors, which actually looks pretty slick if you check it out. Yeah. Well, we're we're suckers for that sort of stuff, so that's 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 all signed up straight away. So everyone's a Northwestern fan now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talk to us about um, the the just reading up about the game and the nuances of it. And the Nebraska offensive coordinator who just wants to pass, and the Northwestern defensive coordinator who has built his reputation at the Browns and the Forty ers trying to stop the passing game. So uh, it seems from everything I've read that that seems to be the pivotal. Uh, winning and losing of this game. Who comes out on top of that? Uh, on top of that, I think um, from Nebraska's point of view, offensively, um, they have pretty much a new offense at every position group, new quarterback, new running backs, um, at least at the core, new receivers. Offensive line is a big question mark, and that's what we keep harping on. Is the off- as, as this Nebraska offensive line goes, their offensive success will go because – there's been some injuries and some ins- uh, instability, uh, suspension to one of their uh, one of their starters um, before the before the start of the season. So that's sort of the main um, thing to watch. Like, can they hold up in pass protection? And um, some of some of the offensive coordinators' plays. I mean, he's a genius as far as designing like schemes to get guys open and mm-hmm. running crossing routes and rub routes uh, are what they they're called. But um, that's kind of why I, I see this as being a low-scoring game. Really? Um, just because I was just explaining this uh, earlier today. 
Nebraska has new offensive coordinator, completely new offensive staff, along with all their new um, personnel player-wise. They have new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, new receivers coach, and a new running backs coach. So the only assistant still intact is the tight ends coach, who's one of the best tight ends coaches in America. But um, all those new faces, it's week zero is what they call it. It's the first game of the year. The defense is always ahead of the offense traditionally. Throw in an overseas trip to Ireland from the middle of uh, the U.S. all the way to Ireland. So have all these different things coalescing on offense from an X's nose football standpoint and then um, add all those other extenuating factors. So that's why I'm kind of looking like it could be a defensive game. So maybe that would play in Northwestern's favor. But Nebraska also has one of the better de- had one of the better defenses in, in college football last year. So just another interesting little uh, factor all rolled into one. Uh, one game to start off the season. How, how, like, I mean, you talk about being 13.5 favorites. I assume that there is an element of guesswork that goes into that favorites tag this early in the season, that you're week zero, and obviously with college sports, there's going to be a huge turnover every single season. Is that the case where basically in week zero, you've got more chance of an upset happening uh, when it comes to uh, flying in the face of predictions than any other week? Well, and especially with this one, because of, like I said, the travel, I mean, both teams had mm. to do it, so... Um, but Northwestern is at a little bit more of a disadvantage because they got here a day late. Um, and as I was just explaining, uh, from personal experience, getting here a day earlier would be really nice to have like yeah. the jet lag kind of mm. um, dissipate because I was supposed to get here Wednesday morning and uh, multiple flight delays and missed connecting flights because of those delays pushed me back a whole day. Mm. So now I'm like kind of um, flying by the seat of my pants a little bit. And I'm like, all right, that does make a difference even though you're not like necessarily wouldn't think of that or you might roll your eyes like oh just it's just one day but northwestern's at a slight disadvantage of that but to get back to your question yeah um when when the odds makers make those lines like it's unbelievable the process the analytical process that goes into it um a lot of it's returning production from the previous season so uh nebraska's returning on defense at least um one of the better front sevens defensive line and linebackers um, in the conference, and uh, you are bringing in like I don't know how big recruiting is in Ireland. With uh, that doesn't happen. Basically. Yeah. Well, unless you're chemical croaks and you're uh, stealing some of the, doesn't really happen. Right. <laughs> and, and then on the flip side, Northwestern's kind of one of those cyclical programs. Like two years ago, they were um, in the Big Ten, the conference championship game, and had one of their better seasons in the last decade and then last year i think they were two and ten i want to say some uh somewhere along those lines so it's like northwestern's a very hard school to recruit to and get um top tier talent so they have to develop them over the course of two three four years so every like seems like every third fourth year they'll have pretty standout team but um that kind of all goes into a traditional but you're you're right uh kind of on the right path there if there's a little bit of guesswork just because it is so early and it's like what, what do we know we don't know what we don't know mm-hmm. what um obviously a big chance for uh, some of the nebraska edge defenders with the excitement that's around the player who's touted for the uh, for future nfl in uh, skaronski what who should we be looking out for like if i'm there tomorrow now what's give me some names and numbers here that i should be mark, mark my card essentially uh, for I would go with the Nebraska side because that's what I'm obviously most yeah. familiar with. But um, Casey Thompson, number eleven, the quarterback. Um, there was a quarterback battle, like uh, for who would be the starter between Casey Thompson and uh, Chubba Purdy. They're both transfers. Casey Thompson's from Texas. 
Chubba Purdy's from Florida State, and sort of a battle back and forth, but it was funny because I think um, from the sources that, that I was talking to and just in um, in general, like the rumblings you hear, it's like, all right, this is Casey Thompson's job to lose. Um, and then Scott Frost, their head coach, came out and said that like about three weeks ago, so it kind of felt like Casey was going to win that win that job all along, but he's it, it, in American football, you were or typically, especially these days, you're going to go as far as your quarterback will take you, and especially in an offensive system like Nebraska has under their new coordinator. So um, he's far and away the number one uh, player to watch, and he's experienced from games at Texas. Like he's put up stats, he's put up some big numbers before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see new environment. He had a, a shoulder injury, a shoulder surgery in the off season that. He was kind of working his way through, so that's the by far the number one thing that I'm most interested in. General fans would be most interested in because um, he has a he has an arm. I mean, he's he's extremely talented. Just will that kind of show itself on the field? But then after that, I mean, if we're flipping to the um, defensive side of the ball, Nebraska has three of the best, like um, maybe like collectively three of the best edge rushers, like defensive ends, and. Um, Garrett Nelson, number 44, O'Shawn Mathis, number 32, and Caleb Tanner, number two. Um, there, we, there's been a lot of discussion, like, if these three guys all get on the field at the same time in pass rushing situations, then, it, like, they could tee off and there could be some electric plays with a sack fumble or an interception return for a touchdown. Um, and then Nebraska has two of the best linebackers, probably the best linebacking doer or one of them in the Big Ten, and Luke Reimer and Nick Heinrich. So, um a lot of names to to kind of keep track of, but if we're boiling it down to just one, mm-hmm. to keep it simple, Casey Thompson, number 11, is is the guy to keep an eye on. Giving me enough to bluff my way through tomorrow's act. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's I was going to say, just, like listen, back to the, my, just exact, listen back to I'm this. I'm going to be taking notes from it. that. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> the, I've been to um, a game in Boston College before and a game in um, South Bend not that long ago, and uh, they are incredible. Uh, occasions that we as an Irish audience um, really struggle to get our heads around the, the, the scale of it but they are they're huge it's obviously a monster sport in the US and it's, they are huge spectacles apart from anything else aren't they oh yeah college football it's interesting especially in the south like uh, if you're going to Alabama Louisiana or Mississippi um, it's like a completely new it's like a completely different world like LSU it's in Louisiana Louisiana State um it's like if you go down there, I think like the town population like almost doubles in size on a game day just because of how many people kind of flock. It's mm-hmm. like um, it's an event. And I was just actually saying that in the in the Uber over here to the, to my driver. It's like college football and like just sports in general are are an event, and it's like a completely different culture um, for college football. I was kind of curious because I've been talking about this a little bit um, about American football in Ireland. I mean, do you guys? Do you guys feel like American football has a chance of sticking here? Because I'm kind of getting oh, yeah. the sense that no. Oh, well, um, American football or college football, I guess it's, two, it's entirely different questions. Oh, I think yeah, American yeah. football has stuck already. There's a huge, huge American football market, but it's NFL-based. I think the college game, I think the unique selling point is always going to be around the pageantry and around the colour that you have the college games that is unparalleled, even to a degree when you compare it with NFL teams. And I think that that probably is the, the way of tapping into the Irish psyche is the occasion around those college games, seeing a town completely taken over. It's almost, it's, it's, in a way, it's almost akin to Gaelic games here, where it's like pride of place and it's, it's like a... 
a, a town like, uh, like say, the University of Alabama that is known for nothing other than the University of Alabama. What, what's the name of the town? Uh, uh, Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa, yeah. sorry, yeah. So, like, I mean, the only reason I've ever heard of that is because of the, the university and the football team, and it's just that attachment with that team, with that football team that gives that sense of identity to the people of Tuscaloosa. That's my read on it, and I think that that's quite similar to... Gaelic games and a lot of small towns around Ireland. So I think yeah. that's probably the... Sort of my understanding of, of um, Gaelic games and hurling was, uh, again, conversation. I think Michael was the Uber driver's name, telling me that it's very, like you said, community-based, like you're in a parish growing up, mm-hmm. and then Correct, yeah. you kind of, like the best players stick with that that community, that team throughout their their careers, yeah. if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So no, I think it's a good, that, that comparison is a good one. And listen, I know that people are going to be turning out in their thousands tomorrow as well. So uh, we look forward to it. Thanks, Millie, for coming in, Zach Carpenter. And uh, good luck with the game tomorrow. We'll see uh, We'll see which way it goes. I'll be watching this and repeat and taking my little notes from it as well ahead of the Aer Lingus College, Aer Lingus College Football Classic tomorrow and uh, Nebraska up against Northwestern. You're watching OTBAM coming up in 20 past nine. Good morning to you, wherever it is you're at this morning. We're brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, we are about to wrap the programme. It's going to be emotional but it's also going to be pretty epic because it's a live crappy quiz and it's coming up Chris Martin oh you're kidding me September Kyle Lafferty are you no! joking me is that right I know is that right ah. anybody else like that is one of the most stupid questions Darius Vassell seriously you all need to just stay quiet this is getting really annoying doing this quiz what is going on here <laughs> 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome along to the Shadia segment on Irish Radio. It's the scintillating, it's the stupefying, it's the splendido crappy quiz. Was that a bit, a bit emotional for you? Yeah. Emotional-like? Yeah. Was it? Not it really. is, yeah. Every Friday we pit three of uh, Team Off the Ball up against each other in our no-holds-barred quiz of sporting factoids at the end of the week. And allow me to welcome, this is, this is just the most remarkable of days to be in a position where Shane is amongst the contestants. Really what, is incredible. And I'm going to introduce our contestants for you now. For everybody who's listening, our first contestant insisted that he be here this morning to give Owen his final quiz send-off and his favourite of all the weekdays. He's also insisting they be given a seat at the hallowed altar of the football pod where he can lay claim to all of his recent theories like Jack O'Connor was destined to win Sam in 2022, no matter which of the great counties he was managing. And if just Shane Walsh, the Cliffords, Rian O'Neill and Stephen Cluxton are on 2019 could be parachuted into this Kildare team, they can end the great 90-year, 94-year famine. Give it up for the tyrant... Jerry Gilroy. Is, um, are you not writing the intros anymore, Owen? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> mine, are, mine are... Snappy. Um, that was snappy. That, that actually was just like... I was, when I heard that, I was like, that sounds remarkably like something I would write. It's long, well, drawn out. That's the biggest out. compliment that I could... All right, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Our next contestant is also muscled in on the I'm considering my life choices buzz, where once his internal monologue frothed over whether Conor McManus or Nudie Hughes was the greatest gift to life as we know it, whether after all that he was more Jimmy McGill or Saul Goodman, now he spends his time planning to overthrow Oliver Callan as the greatest living mind on the time of works of Patrick Kavanagh. It's the Monaghan Machete, Shane Hannan. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Owen, on your last day. Very emotional. For radio listeners, you should explain. Everybody should explain. There is all right there, there is, behind uh, the shades, there, Shane. There is a pair of sunglasses this morning, folks, and uh, they will be staying put. I was in Ryan's of Camden Street after Owen's. Uh, oh, pop, so I joined the Kerry Mafia. I was the only person from off the ball who uh, partook in the uh, the after after party. All so, right. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling a wee bit testy today, but it, but it's okay. The sunglasses help. What time do they legally serve to? <laughs> 
I th- like half two. I don't know, but I was there until about four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could have been any time to be honest. But uh, yeah, it was a great, great night's crack with the Kerry Mafia. Yeah. Uh, Owen very wisely had gone to bed. Sound so. rough. Yeah, the the voice is <laughs> a bit gravelly. Yeah, yeah, I'm going for that. I don't know what <laughs> for. For a group who believe in Omerta, they're curiously public about the fact that they're a mafia. You're oh, there is no mafia. mafia. You, you were just talking to actors. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not real. The fake Harry Mafia, of course. Our final contestant is here by popular demand. He was literally voted in last week on a poll. He's preparing for the biggest bonfire the island has seen so far this year, decluttering, and he's piled high all of his McGrath Cup programmes for the last 20 years. His DVDs of the All-Ireland Finals in 97, 2004, 07, 14 and 22. That pair of Jack O'Shea All-Ireland worn jocks that he bought at auction and even his Kerry Mafia badge and gun have all been piled high as he prepares to jet out of Farm 4 next week. What's rare is beautiful. Give it up for the fiery starter, the twisted fiery starter. Owen Shane. Nice. Thank you, Adrian. That was a nice intro. I'm going to count myself, yeah. I'm, uh, it's just emotional. Are you nervous about being... I was a bit sort of edgy last I'm week about hosting. Are you edgy? I'm not nervous whatsoever because I know what's going to happen here. I'm going to get absolutely screwed over and that's fine. You need to have your moment in the sun. Everybody needs to laugh at me and I get it. I get it. I'm the heel. It's I'm the clown. Win, yeah, we have to let him win. I'm the... It's going to let you win on you. Even you can't I'm, screw up. I'm the... Uh, this is just going to... This is supposed to end badly for me so I get it. I accept You'll always day. have the poor moment. You'll always have the poem. is here and the second coming of Jesus Christ has arrived and he has decided that no, I'm not getting into the pearly gates today. There's going to be a lot of Wolfsburg and Wolfsburger questions. <laughs> hope so. As ever, the format is a classic crappy quiz. We're making no exceptions today with a series of questions on a range of themes and then it's on to the slip and slide of trivia, as you know, the rapid fire round. Podcast the crappy quiz on otbsports.com. It's on the OTB Sports app and if you're watching on YouTube, please do make sure to uh, click the thumbs up and if we continue nothing but misery to your day, do that and was recommend there, it to a friend. Was there something about gaining one of the Kerry Mafia wanted me to do a round of questions about you to you and was there something about the game in 2014 in Tyrone? Was there something? 2014 in Tyrone? Yeah. Oh, unrelated. Yeah. What would have happened in 2014 in Tyrone? I don't know. Maybe 15. Uh, 15 in Tyrone. The night was getting away from us. Anyway. I don't remember. Um, now more than ever, we need you to send in your questions because Owen is leaving and we've nobody else to write the quiz. So uh, send a postcard to Crappy Quiz, Quizmaster, Off the Ball Towers, Marconi House, Diggs Lane, Dublin 2, and we are welcoming all of those. We're going to kick off with the boring questions round if everybody's ready. The ideas are never uh, multiple choice. We're going to start off with you, Shane. Question one for you. Who's the oldest player to score a Premier League goal? Oh, for God's sake, this is a ridiculous question. This is so easy. This is for me. As wow. both Shane or Shane? No. Who are you being there on? I'm going to call you Shane Crappy and I'm going to call him Owen. Owen. Yeah. Oldest Premier League player to score a Premier League. Oh, come on, get out with it. Come on, ridiculous <laughs> question. It. I mean, at least working It's nice to be on the other role. side, Owen, isn't it? Um, you should pick a character and stick to it. Go on. <laughs> I'm just a generic crappy quiz contestant. Who's the oldest Premier oh, League player? Oh, life is terrible. I mean, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Shane. Come on. on. I'm going to finish on minus points this morning just so, so everyone's aware. Uh, Dennis Wise. Ridiculous. Do you know the answer, Owen? Is that my question, is it? James Miller? Anybody? No. Garrett Barry? No. Anybody? Jared Bean? <laughs> Your wheelhouse. Teddy Sheringham ah. at the age of 40. Question one for you, Jared. Can you name the last Cork club to win the Munster Club Hurling Championship? Last Cork club to win the Munster Club Hurling Championship. Um, has there been anybody since Newton Chandram? Um... Has there been anybody? Newtown Chandram. 
pronunciations oh. will be will be accepted. Newton Chandram beat uh, Ballygunner in 2009. Jar mm. is off the mark. Question one for you, Owen. Katie Taylor's most recent opponent in the pro ranks was Amanda Serrano, ah. who she beat at the uh, at Madison Square Garden, of course, earlier this year. But can you name all of Kerry's All Ireland winning managers since and including 2000? <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Oh, all of their All Ireland winning, man- winning managers. Yes, since and including 2000. Paddy O'Shea, Jack O'Connor, Pat O'Shea, Eamon Fitzmaurice. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, come on. That was such well a done. challenging question. You see, it's fixed. You see, it's fixed. I mean, oh, not, not even a bit of jeopardy for the people who. Oh, no, well, listen, there was a challenge. He's got there was a challenge there early this morning. He stood up yeah. to the challenge. After round one, we have Shane on zero points and Jaron Owen leading the way. We should combine um, our, our forces here just to ruin this because yeah. yeah. this is too easy. It's too no, much we don't of a stitch up. People want. It's just a nice no, little. It's too much of a stitch up. Now, oh, into round nice. two, yeah. the uh, Wikipedia list round. This game is simple. I'm going to list from Wikipedia. The fun three magic numbers round. What age is Owen Sheehan? What date is his birthday? How old are his parents? Various facts about an unnamed sports person. Your job is to guess who that unnamed sports person is. So the first person to correctly do that was going to win the point. One major rule here, as you're aware, to avoid the complete carnage of guessing a, uh, of a guessing free-for-all, each contestant must state their own nickname uh, before guessing a player. What's my what's course, it? Uh, what's this it? is Crappy Quiz, so your names are your Crappy Quiz nicknames. Monhan Machete, a tyrant, and the fiery starter. The twisted fiery starter. You've got to do the, the double barrel one. What is what? What, is, what does that even mean? Me. There's a lot what of syllables in Monaghan Machete. Like, uh, the time it's going to take me to say that. Huh? Anyway, all good. You have to say fiery starter, the twisted fiery starter. I don't know. Yeah. That's what, what, what's your question about your nickname? I don't get it. I am the fire starter. It's prodigy song. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, Owen. Oh, somebody as cultured now as yourself who like well, like Fred used to be like, like oh, hey man, have you heard of Fred again? It's like I don't even know. Wolfsburger. Quite, I'm suddenly questioning the last seven years of our work together. <laughs> he's, a bit, he's a bit pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, if somebody could manage hours. Shane's mic outside, that, that, would, uh, <laughs> that would help. Come on. It's not the last time you're going to say it, probably, either. Uh, failure to uh, shout your nickname is going to eliminate you from that particular round of the quiz. So you're going to send... I'm going to give you one, uh, one clue, okay? And it's about an unidentified sports person. And with each clue, you have an opportunity to shout out your nickname yeah, and guess who that might be. Yeah. And can we do... Can I, you can guess as many times as you want. Yeah, okay. Yes, sports person. You okay. can guess as many times as you want overall, but one guess per clue. Make sense? You've obviously watched a lot of the Krabby Quiz recently, Jer. That is the way. Um, right, question two for whoever shouts their nickname first. Clue one. He was born May 16th, 1955. A tyrant, Potty O'Shea. Wow. Is that right? <laughs> 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 May 16th. This is not how this quiz is supposed to go, Jerry. If May 16th. You can, if you can play all the greats. It's my birthday. birthday. <laughs> oh, well, that's that oh, wow. crazy. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that it was my birthday because that was the giveaway. I'm like, hang on a second, this is one of two people. You said that was the information that's in your memory bank. Right, come on, come on, Jerry, you're off. Same year as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very impressed. We're off the mark there. Starting to feel my role as a contestant here. Nick felt last week when he when he guessed Ashley Young after the first clue that I didn't give him enough credit. So well done, Jerry. That's that's Question two for whoever shouts their nickname first. He is Kerry's all-time top scorer in National Football League history. Tyrant, Mick O'Dwyer. Oh, my God. Owen, are you alive over there? <laughs> <laughs> Yet another one. There you go. Well, that was obvious. 
I mean, Mikko, not Mikko. to these two. I mean, I know he's asleep, but like, what's happening over here? This, this Mikko is didn't get the credit as a footballer. Quick, quick motion, quick skills. This is, this is not going to work not, for not me. Not in your wheelhouse. No, this isn't in my wheelhouse here at all. I haven't got a question incorrect yet. <laughs> right, question two. Uh, what is Owen's real name? Who went for whoever shows your nickname first? His autobiography is entitled A Kerry Footballer. Mona Machete. Yeah. Morris Fitz. No. Uh, fair play though for the for Twitter fiery starter yeah. Pat Spillane no he played club football for 25 years a tyrant Jack O'Shea incorrect when he won the first of his four All-Ireland medals it ended what had been a four year famine a for tyrant Kennedy. Tomas O'Shea incorrect he was named midfield in the GEA's tyrant. team of the century the fiery starter Mick no. O'Connell correct at last, Owen, for fuck Jesus Christ. Stop with it. This is every broadcast on the radio, if you swear. Sorry, I'm stop swearing. Um, well done, Owen. Fair play. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good on you for turning up. Uh, that was, uh, I mean, Mick O'Connell, there were some other things you could have said about Mico and his relationship with the show. Just well, after that, it was for, like... For future reference. I was going to mention Anton Deck. I was going to say he was from Valencia. That was my last one. Um, so, anyway, we got there. We didn't need all of that. We got there in the end. So, well done, Jared. Fair play. You've actually turned up today, unlike Hannon, who's fast, <laughs> drunk and fast asleep in the corner there. Jerry's uh, leading the way on three points, Owen's on two points, and Hannon has yet to get off the mark. Mm-hmm. So, on to the uh, round three, past the parcel of doom round. And in this round, all you've got to do is give me the name that's on a list of names that I have here in front of me. Uh, the parcel of doom passes on to the next contestant who also has to give me a name and we keep moving through the list until one of you gives me an incorrect answer do you think or passes at which point that person will be eliminated audition is going on and you're free now there's a point in this about this we, don't need, ever, we don't need to give this last ever show with Adrian so you can tell the truth how do you think this audition is going when I'm, two really pl- I'm really enjoying this when, when two players are eliminated <laughs> the remaining like player gains a point everybody clear about how the pass par- yeah. par- Shane Jerome is the order for the first way we're going to go here is that alright okay. yeah can you name any Kerry All Ireland winning I captain? To say, starting just, from Jesus. starting from and including nineteen seventy five. Any Kerry All Ireland winning captain starting from and including nineteen seventy five. There are fifteen options here. Oh, this, this is like cheapening the quiz, what you're doing. Hand I, I, the I'm victory fairly too. certain the chiz the, the, jizz, <laughs> the quiz could not be uh, could not be cheapened any further. At least, at least at least no, yeah, yeah. yeah. correct. Yeah. Start with like, me. It's like it's like my puppy is being murdered in front of my eyes here, <laughs> and you're doing nothing to intervene. It turns out, on so Shane, oh, come on, Jesus, uh, Darren O'Sullivan, correct, Declan O'Sullivan, correct, Sean O'Shea, correct, Shane. <laughs> Uh, I know you're scribbling like are you just drawing little doodles on yeah, the yeah, page basically just you? signing my signature here uh, writing poetry Shane Ryan who's Shane Ryan <laughs> are you, I said no. Kerry All-Ireland winning captain Colin Cooper that's me gone is it yeah. that is absolutely yeah. you gone uh, Colin Cooper is not correct not correct no easy win for Owen could, 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 could you go the full you're in Lirium Fitzgerald wasn't it yeah, Jim Fitzgerald as well. Uh, 75, so you would have had Spillane after 75, obviously. You would have had Pawdy after 75. You would have had Seamus Moynihan. Spillane. No. He's not here, no. Ooh. Oh my god, that would have been the next one. No, no you'd have been out. No, I wouldn't. I was going to go Moynihan next. Moynihan, you would have been all right. Safe territory. Yeah, fine. yeah. yeah. 04 on. O'Kaneda. Yeah. Uh, Liam Hassett, Tommy Doyle, uh, Pawdy, Ambrose Donovan, Jimmy Dinan, Ger Power, Tim Kennelly, Ogie, and Mickey Ned. Ah, uh, yes. 
in 75. So the point there goes to Owen, good man. Soccer, yeah. Owen gets We're getting back on track here now. The carry, Feel yeah. a bit more comfortable. The fix is in, ladies and gentlemen. There's no jeopardy here. Sorry. Right, uh, this order now is Jer, Owen, Shane, Hannon. Uh, and the question is there are 12 teams in Division 1 of the Kerry Senior Football Championship oh, for God's sake name them and I'm not looking for amalgamated teams here I'm looking for actual club teams club so don't teams. be giving me any of your old guff yeah uh, 12 club teams in the Division 1 of the Kerry Senior Football Championship this I have no is, idea whether this relates to 2022 or 2023 I might start tanking here lads because this is turns or rallies yeah me next yeah Crooks yeah oh Oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> Is he alright I have a number of teams uh, Written down But how am I supposed To know if these are like? Well I'd say Just uh, take, take Lawn Rangers uh, Lawn Rangers Are not in Division 1 Of the Kerry Senior Football Championship <laughs> uh, Austin Stacks Austin Stacks My go To be fair He's right Austin Stacks for you Ger Owen <laughs> Fuck's sake <laughs> oh, Brilliant Spa Yeah Is that how they're pronounced Yeah Wow. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure they are. Right, Ger. Oh, I'm not gonna get one of these wrong. Um, there's 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 a couple of really obvious options here now, but anyway look. Jesus. Uh so what do we got? We've got Cairns Rallies, we've got uh, Stacks are done, Dr. Colts are done, Spa are done, Cairns Rallies. Spa, you're out. I still have a list for me. Actually, yeah, good point. Um, that's what I thought. <laughs> He's just—it's literally just a lot of scribbles. It's like if you can read my writing. None of them are. None of them are senior. Foss yeah, aren't senior. Fair. And Dingle aren't senior. Uh, Anguilla talk. Correct. Yeah. Oh. Oh, look at him shaking his head. Oh. Uh, uh, Kinmer. Correct. <sighs> um. Who does who does uh, who tends to move paper? I mean, I don't know what I, I'm. I'm going to take a loose stance to conferring here, and I'm going to allow it given the. Do we do we do stacks? The the quiz. Is stacks? Have we done stacks? I, I, stacks are done. Yeah. Okay. That club there, but they can be intermediate now. Who does James Dunlop play for? I'm going to say Fossa, but I know it's not right. Uh, you are correct it is not right oh. <laughs> um, I mean just so you've, you've got the point in the bag uh, Nigel Dingle Dingle are senior club uh, are they yeah. um, Legion I mean, no, thing no. was James club but they're not Legion. they're not senior yeah Killarney Legion. Legion they're not senior are they well they're in division one of the Kerry Senior Football oh it's County so. League well, I don't know what it is but that's what it is <laughs> it's, uh, according to the Temple Kerry no. GA website one that's another suggest. point for you Owen you're, uh, you're really beginning to assert your dominance here in your in this specific this is, this area is so, this, is, this is actually the most embarrassing thing I've ever been question three for you uh, it's going to start with you Owen and then it's going to move on to you Hannah, and you'll be out at that point and then it'll Correct. move on to Ger after that so this one is a list of 25 names it's Kerry uh, <laughs> football all-stars since and including oh. 2009 Oh, Jesus. Famous year, 2009. Kerry All-Stars since and including 2009. Owen, Hannon, Jarrah. And shall we go with Gooch anyway? Yeah. I'll give up, lads. Um, since 2009, Kerry All-Stars, James O'Donoghue. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go with... So you've got Gooch, James O'Donoghue. I'm going to go with since 2009 and including 2009. Yeah. So, Tomas... Yeah, in 09. David Clifford. Three All Stars, David Clifford, yeah. Sean O'Shea. 19, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 
Stephen O'Brien? No, Stephen oh. O'Brien is not on the list. Party Peppers. Correct. 21. Somebody wake Shane up there and tell him he's still in. He's still in the mix. Thomas Sullivan? Um, Thomas Sullivan. Current Thomas Sullivan. Yeah, he just said Thomas Sullivan. Thomas Sullivan. Tom, to current Thomas Sullivan is on the list, Shane. Yeah. Okay, very good. Is the old Thomas Sullivan still not? Did he not get more online? You're out, Jared. I don't know. Um, Donahue. Yeah. Thomas Sullivan. <laughs> the old one. Yeah. Come on, you're in. Yeah. He got one in online. Um, Brendan Keeley got an all star. He did in 15. Ty Canelli. Ty Canelli got one in on that. Oh, yeah, good oh, man. Oh, 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 oh. oh, he's sitting uncomfortably now. This I all this smack talk walk, about the shittiest thing he's ever delighted. been involved in, and suddenly Mark he's Roche. like. Mark O'Shea got one in eleven. Yeah, you're doing well, lads. There's. <laughs> Did we say Darrow Shea? I'm just checking if he said it. Uh, I don't we didn't. I said Tomas. Darrow Shea has not been said. But Darrow. I'd say I'd say Darrow, I'd say Darrow was oh. was gone. By I'll allow the conferring. That's 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 fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go with Darrow. I'm just I'm just talking out loud there. Go for Crowley. I'd go for Crowley maybe. What's his first name? No, it's none of your business. <laughs> Which, no, I'll accept. I'll accept Crowley. Peter Crowley in fourth. Peter, uh, centre back. Yeah. Uh, Paul Murphy in fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blackboard jungle levels of conferring it, it, it's gonna, stage. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be Darrow Shea. Go on. Darrow Shea, you're saying Darrow Shea is incorrect. Ah we knew it. Were, I'd say you were on your uppers there close enough, were you? No, I, I did a couple more. Go on. Moore and Maher yeah. both got them, I think. Ah. Anthony Maher I didn't have a hope. You were just teasing me I forgot about Moore. Paul Ganey. Ganey, of course. Donica Walsh, Shane Enright, Darren O'Sullivan, Brian oh. Sheehan. Declan O'Sullivan I couldn't believe that you didn't Jesus, we said them both earlier yeah. uh, Paul Galvin Seamus Gandlin and Dermot Murphy yeah I won them after 09 right so oh and you oh, got no, three points nine. there well done that's a shocker um, that's only hauled, three points that's hauled you into the lead uh, you're on five points now so well done fair play that's three points to the top there no three points to add to his two points brings to five points you remain at three points and Hannon who's when he wakes up we'll tell him he's still on zero points <laughs> right we are on to round four this is the shirt numbers round it's another uh, new and innovative god this quiz is long <laughs> and this so round long. I'm going to give you the name of a sports person and a team that they played for all you have to do is give me their shirt number I wonder what county this will, this will question four for you Shane I'm looking for the number that Gianluigi Donnarumma right. wore in the AC Milan years this is, a, this is your best chance to get off the mark here. Throw me a curveball there. The non carry question. Donnarumma. Um, 88. There's an incorrect. Just no, no, I'm asking Shane what. what uh, that's incorrect. Incorrect. Uh, incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. It was 99, so you were, ah, there was something oh, in, your, in your wheelhouse uh, there that was. Going. Uh, question four for you, Jar. The number Peyton Manning wore for the Denver, Bron- Denver Broncos. On balls. Chance to tighten the gap here. Come on, you can do it. Put the pressure on. There's a famous line where um, they're at training and they're like. Uh, why do we never train with the backup QB and the line is well because if we have to play with the backup QB we're fucked if we don't practice fucked 
positive for the beach. Jeez, I mean, the this is not going on. I was reporting that. I was, that was not actually me saying sure. that. I'm going to say Peyton Manning is 14. You stay on three points. What was Eight, his number? 18 was the answer. Oh. A question four for you, on Ice hockey is one of the biggest sports in the US, as we know. Wayne Gretzky, of course, one of the most famous players that the game has known. What number shirt did Colm Cooper wear <laughs> in his last All-Ireland final appearance? Oh, the ill-fated 2015 final against 69. <laughs> this is ridiculous. 420. This is a farce. Oh, uh, got to take his answer. First um, answer only. I mean, to be fair, it's not a, it's not, it's not a, not a one-yard tap-in. Oh yeah, because he played at 11 for a while But did he play at 13? Did he go back into the corner four for 15? I mean, it's a 50-50 shout 13 Ding, ding, ding Go man on Fair play The only one who got the, got the numbers wrong This right. is embarrassing What was Wayne Gretzky's number? It's the wide breadth of sporting knowledge really That's uh, allowing me to succeed no today Someone in the YouTube comments Tell us what Wayne Gretzky's number the, Would you have known Wayne not Gretzky's number? Not the, oh, point. Yeah. not the point of the question Wayne Gretzky's number is 100 Because he said You miss 100% of the shots you That you don't take it. Excellent uh, round number five, the fun free magic number. Round contestant you get three points for getting the number exactly right. If no one manages that, the nearest contestant who doesn't get uh, go bust gets two points, and the second closest get one point. Again, I'm going to say that we can only accept the answer that is written on the page in front of you. I'm also going to have to ask for your pens once the music ends. That's going to be your icebreaker when you Pretty get happy. to Peru, isn't it? Did you know that Wayne, Wayne Gretzky said you miss 100% of the shot? And, you know, like, after that, what are you saying? The gates will open for it's you. It's already my uh, icebreaker. Gooch. It could be all Gooch yeah. chat. The, the uh, here we go. So, well, if you don't mind, give us the following, the following number. The number of Kerry's All-Ireland football titles plus... Are you still drawing pictures over there? Sure. Yeah, just painting here. The number of All-Irelands won by the great Declan O'Sullivan Jesus. plus the number of Kerry's All-Ireland senior hurling titles plus the number of Celtic League slash Pro 12, 14, 16 slash URC titles that Munster have won. Your 30 seconds will expire when Sinatra sings Bright Shiny Beads. And just to recap, Kerry's number of total All-Ireland titles in football. Number of All-Irelands won by the great Declan O'Sullivan. Total number of Kerry County Senior Hurling titles. All-Ireland senior. Parties, essentially, whatever predated that. that they win. And Monsters Celtic wins. Oh, it's pen down already. This is a farce, by the way. Everybody has the pens down. Shane, what have I, you got? I've gone for 48. 48, Shane. Jer. 43. 43, Jer. Owen. 50. 50 for Jer. 50 for Owen, I should say. So, two of you are bust. Ah. And Jer gets the... What, does he, what do oh. you get for that? How many points does he get for that, Owen? Two. Two points for that, which brings him right back into the mixer here. Um, so I don't know exactly where you, were, where you were going with all of that there, lads. But you uh, tell us, you tell us your answers there. Yeah, Kerry <laughs> All Ireland football titles. Thirty-eight. Declan O'Sullivan. Five. Hurling. One. Monster. Six. One. What? Monster. One. How many have they won? Yeah. One. <laughs> no. <laughs> three. So Is I don't know where you were going with the rest three of them. Right, and I still went post. What was the number? What's the answer? 47. What's the answer? Sorry. There's one off. I'm not just doing this. Um, right. Well, that leaves us in a fairly interesting position that I didn't really expect us to be in as we head into the, uh, the, <laughs> the final round. <laughs> because Owen, hasn't, Owen and Shane have not really turned up. No. And Jer is uh, shooting the lights out. I got three of those numbers right. Is Owen not in the lead, though? <laughs> he, 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 is, he is in the lead. He is no, in the lead. No, no. No, no, he is. He is. Owen starts the... And I mean... We, What's I've, the score? I've, I've had to re-engineer this either way if it wasn't the case. But he is just slightly ahead. He's on six points. You're on is five he on points. Six? I he's on five. Owen, I just sit back here. And Shane is on... Hold on to news talk any minute now, I think. Shane is on, on zero. Well, they can right. 
A winner tonight is going to be decided in the note uh, team in particular. Ridiculously easy rapid fire round. The score that you get in this round is going to be added to score in the previous round. 40 seconds for everyone to answer from the same set of questions. We're going to start with the person with the highest number of points that you own, then on to the person second, Jer, and then we'll wake Shane up at the end and tell him that it's all over and he's been beaten. And if you get a question correct, we're going to ask you another question. Keep asking questions, get one wrong. And once you get a question wrong, we'll the next person here. Correct answer will also mean the deduction of one point. Right. Owen, are you ready? I am so, so ready. You're ready for this. Your 40 seconds starts now. Which former Kerry footballer went on to play Munster for Munster in Ireland? Mick Galway. Which recently retired TV pundit has the most football all-stars? Pat Balan. Who's the only person to have won the, an All-Ireland title and an AFL Premiership? Tyke Kennelly. The infamous Irish priest Damon Casey was born in which beautiful <laughs> Irish village? I actually don't know. You're, you're uh, from there. Uh, Fireys. Radio Kerry's Marquee GA <laughs> show is called. What's that again? Radio Kerry's Marquee GA uh, show. Is talk. Name the Irish competitor finished ninth in the marathon at the LA Games in 1984. Uh, Jerry Kieran. Uh, I have some more questions there in the back of the uh, Name either of Kerry, Kerry Women's this. Joint Managers. Name any of what? Either of Kerry Women's Joint Managers. Declan Quill. Neil Amorahurti is from Tralee or Dingle. Dingle. Oh, that is a full sweep of well done, Owen. Oh, yeah. Rapid fire. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah. Well earned. Well earned. I know a lot about all sports. Owen, it's been an emotional seven years. Yeah, I'm being waved out of here. Beautiful human being. Uh, yeah, they can wait. Congrats. They didn't show up to your drinks last night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, they really didn't. He wants um, to leave on a high. You can't let Pat down. We understand that. Yeah, thanks very Thanks a million. Really no, enjoyed it. Good luck with your travels. Really, we have another really few days to work together, so let's not get too emotional. Um, well done and win the crappy quiz. Yeah, no, thanks very much. I We're supposed it. to get like maximum points from the entire thing. I engineered it. If you, you can't did well. The crappy quiz will be back in its normal state. It won't. Soon. It won't. That's the reality in some sort of shape or form. Actual right. Quiz questions. Oh, and you go on. You get Thank out of you. there while I wrap up things here. You've been watching OTVM over the last couple of hours. Thanks a million for uh, coming in. And lads, thanks for you. Anytime. Uh, back to the lab. What's the plan for the rest of the day? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Do a bit of work and um, yeah, get out of here and put the sunglasses on, on the shelf where they belong. I'm just glad that because you were originally due to come in and do a Formula One slot and I'm just glad for you now that, that for our viewers. <laughs> for, everyone, for everyone's sake. I can't go room, room. You all miss Nathan Murphy as well giving it socks to the Kerry Mafia last night when you all oh, left really? giving, it lo- giving it large green and red uh, mayo it was a soft all Ireland I think he called it for Kerry this year and uh, that, that really antagonised oh, that's the nothing Mafia. they love that the most oh, it, was, um, it was fantastic you've been watching OTBM brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day stacked uh, programmes across the day of course on OTB and on Sports Radio and uh, the lads will be back again at half past seven on Monday morning good luck OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.